Previously on Martini Giant. Do we have any air in here? Oh, I'll turn the air on. Simulating the DOS boot set. We were going to go ahead and spoil the entire thing and talk about this movie. It is a mistake if you do not watch coffee. It is literally, (laughs) A, it is 90 minutes and you're about to listen to a three-hour podcast about it. So, like, you could watch it twice in the time it takes you to listen about (laughs) it. If she was a cop, would this movie come out flat? Yeah, the thing is, I I think... (laughs) Oh, man. No, I didn't mean it that way. Should we not have t-shirts made that just say... I'm sorry. <laughs> and then in script, Dan. Yeah, I give it to all that. our guests. I said something offensive. I I'll talk to our guests. We just okay. You know, you like to replace people in in photos. You gotta take uh, Kanye West and Taylor Swift and replace it with Dan Thrawn and Say, excuse me, while I interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> Welcome back, Martin Giant fans. This is episode number fifteen which is the 1974 film Chinatown. Directed by Roman Polanski, written by Robert Town, and director of photography is John Alonzo. An absolutely fabulous film, which you probably have seen in other movies without realizing you're watching pretty much a version of Chinatown. If you've ever watched Blade Runner, you've watched a version of Chinatown. If you ever watched Detective Pikachu, you've watched a version of Chinatown. Same thing with Zootopia. It is another version of Chinatown. Really interesting film. Fabulous conversation that Eric and Dan and I had. This is actually a hostful episode. We didn't have any guests on. It was just the three amigos. It was a lot of fun. So enjoy it. Uh, I would like to make a correction. Uh, I have called out to our listeners to say, if we have actually said some misinformation, please let us know. This information came uh, from my good friend, Eric Stoltz listener of the podcast and hopefully a fan <laughs> not the actor Eric Stoltz another Eric Stoltz nonetheless still an important person he had mentioned that I have said several times that one of the big buildings downtown Culver City is Terra it is not Terra Terra is the building from Gone with the Wind it is not Terra it is in fact a replica of Mount Vernon George Washington's first home very interesting fact Thanks for letting us know that, and I have been misled for a long time, so thank you, Eric, for doing that. All right, that being said, please enjoy this awesome podcast episode, Chinatown. I'm assuming the stem of the glass will insulate the table from damage, so I'll put the ice water on the coaster and the uh, Prosecco, which is on the stem, on the table. Yeah, because the trail would have to travel down the stem. Right, which it, doesn't. which it doesn't. By design, which is why they make wine glasses the way they do. I did not know that. Yeah. Wasn't that the size? Uh, you're recording. Yes, I am. I already. It's already stems. cold. I've been chilling it forever. Here we are. <clears throat> yeah, what is the – there's an Alfred Hitchcock movie where – It's got the levels. Holy moly. No, it's just uh, – it's just Dan. Just Dan's talking a little. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, good. No, it's, it's my normal um, – Robust. I, I might have had the, the the headphones a little high, but they were good. That's what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there's a. I think it's in Rear Window when they're all. I think it's Rear Window when they're drinking uh, brandy and brandy snifters, and sort of part of the gag of the scene is that they're sort of uh, rolling it around in the snifter. Yeah, and I, and I was told that that's the point of the brandy snifter. The brandy snifter is there. You are supposed to warm it with your hand. Mm. It's supposed to achieve body temperature, yep. but for cold 
drinks. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't really, you know, this is all. I, I, I have a feeling it was more design because yeah. I know the cup shape was. The, Get a little closer. I know the cup shape was the, the size of, of Marie Antoinette's uh, breast. That really? is the that's the source of the. Uh, that I let's we'll have to check that, but I'm almost positive that the initial design was the the curvature at the bottom was that depth. Ah, uh, that yeah, right, right, right. Is is it? It would, what was it before then? That's probably why I like wine so much. <laughs> no, so <laughs> what I'm saying, the rest of it is probably designed to accomplish. <laughs> also makes wine. That's all. It yeah. could be just designed. Just happens to work towards your favor. This is true. It's true. Oh, but if it was, then wouldn't you be drinking wine from the bottom of the glass? Oh, that's weird, <laughs> but true. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awful. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> I, Just saying. I feel like I haven't seen you guys in like uh, about 20 years. Yeah, I know. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a and while. It, and we're, uh, we're just the three amigos today. Mm-hmm. I That's know. True. We've been going through. Uh, By the um, way, it holds up. I just watched that twice with my daughter. Oh yeah. Oh man. Three amigos. You oh, shot the invisible sword. Gotta get a little closer, dude. Yeah. It's really great. It's I love the three amigos. I watched it with my with my kids. Uh, it was a little bit slow for them on the on the humor, right? Because they were really getting into old comedies. But the right. problem is they were watching like Airplane and Top Secret, which is like one joke every yeah, this ten is kind seconds. Of rat sad. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then like a, through, of a slower warm up. With that was three, so Sinatra, by the way. Rat tat tat. <laughs> That's right. It was a little rat tat tat. Yeah, because yeah, three of me, and not only that, like I'm sure that I mean your kids are actually much more uh, well versed in film and film history than most children that I've ever known of. But I'm not sure if they are versed in silent westerns. Right. <laughs> so that may be less, less interesting. Right. Them. So the reference they don't get. Right. 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 I understand yeah. that. But it was also uh, interesting is that uh, they are now getting involved in a um, – uh, they're going to go to a film camp uh, this summer. Oh, wow. And I will tell so you more about this because I think that's something that uh, the three of us could, could possibly help out on. But basically the, 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 the karate club that they go to – the guy who uh, runs the karate club is also an acting coach and director and stuff like that. Right. And he wants to start this new film camp for kids. And Do they uh, make exclusively like karate movies? They do not, oh, actually. Okay. That's kind of too bad, but okay. But <laughs> but they could be. They but, mimic the descent. So they put kids in these caves. That's right. And you have <laughs> exactly. to make a 10-minute film. Yeah, people dress up as monsters, but oh. they don't tell the kids that that's going to happen. Kids love it. It's very, very – that's very, well, very Oxygen's normal. not well, so strong. They're, they're, they're basically <laughs> getting in. They're going to be doing like horror films. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, sort of the PG thirteen like edge of what you're, you know, yeah, not, not, not last house on the left, but you know, right, like more, more gremlins and gremlins, right? Yeah, so right. now suddenly, my kids who had absolutely no interest in seeing horror films want to see horror films. So they finally saw Jaws. They loved it. Oh well, how can you not love Jaws? Uh, I that, know. That's how you test to but see they, if someone's alive after a major accident. Yeah. Did they see the new it? <laughs> they did not see the new it. Uh, but they 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 watch we watch Gremlins and then my my wife who hadn't seen Gremlins since she was a kid says that's a horrible film and she's like that is way less scary and it's like yeah because you saw it when you were six yeah I mean it's a like it's a it's a surprisingly gory weird film mm-hmm. 
but it's a, it's a really fun one. Stupid goofy. Yeah, it's it's a it's a cartoon. It's basically It is a cartoon, a cartoon but you know, with gore in it. Yeah. So like, you know, you put a gremlin in a microwave and watch him explode. You watch him explode. Yeah. Exactly. Or or Phoebe Kate's telling a story about how her dad climbed down the chimney and died. It's <laughs> kind of like disgusting. The yeah. That's the greatest. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, it was it was interesting. So now my kids are getting into that and and I'm sort of figuring out how to how to do that. One of the I don't know. There's there's a really cool thing that I want to help them recreate. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is part of the plot. And I guess I'll just put it on. on uh, I'll just talk about it. Is uh, one of the scenes that I remember he as uh, watching it as a teenager. Fitzcarraldo. Fitz, Fitzcarraldo. <laughs> We're going to have these kids. <laughs> exactly. Legend. Legend. The movie Legend. <laughs> no, we're still going on the Fitzcarraldo joke. That's an excellent joke. That was a perfect, perfect joke. That, I have to say. It's the Fitzcarraldo kids camp. And I'm telling you, these kids not only learn about aquatics, okay? They learn to – a riverboat. They learn how to manage a riverboat, how to I carry would, it over a mountain, I would say how anything. to hire local Indians to help you carry it over the mountain. I would, I would mountain. pay anything to see uh, Lily out there like saying – the jungle is <laughs> the jungle. <laughs> the jungle is pornography. It's murder, and <laughs> she's the on best. the deck with a cane. <laughs> All these Indians are carrying this boat across a mountain. No, but and if you have to do it right, you like yeah, because like initially the movie was shot with um, uh, Jason Robards uh, yeah. instead of um, uh, Klaus Kinski, and like you can't have a and Mick more, Jagger was and in Mick it. Jagger exactly, and like you can't have a more uh, dynamic shift than. Uh, 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 Jason Robards, one of the most likable American actors, to Klaus Kinski, who is. But let me ask you a question, and this, and I don't want to divert from you, Chris. And I'm sorry, Dan interrupted you. But it's I'm true, running but with we're it. yeah, we're so this is actually all heading back to this, film camp. It's the thing is, the, the Fitzgerald film camp for kids. <laughs> insurance, the, the insurance policy <laughs> is sorry. huge. By the way, I'm just, I'm just, I'm trying to hold my tongue. Just let you go with it. Go, go with <laughs> we it. Have go to with discover it. This. But hold on a second. So, I, before I forget, mm-hmm. and I actually, I think I forgot. No, what is, what is, what is the end of? That's a, you're going to use that in the beginning. I know you are. But I'm riffing right now, okay? A little rickles here. But the thing is, the late 70s, you had Apocalypse Now, which mm-hmm. almost killed everybody. Yep, right. You had – That um, was the first camp, actually. The Gates of Heaven. Right, yes. And yep. then you had Fitzcarraldo in yep. 80, 81. So yep. it's like those three years of like pure insanity. Of people trying to do impossible things. Because you hear about movies things. going overboard. Right. Waterworld maybe yep. is the last big one. Right. But it wasn't this kind of psychological thing. It was more right. a, a financial – Yeah, no. That was just a mismanaged and, movie. Like, I mean like Waterworld is, is the kind of thing that, that happens because there are too many egos involved. Whereas like you, you take something like Kevin's Gate. Kevin or, Costner? Really? No, was, I'm just saying. No, I, I love Costner. Most of the time, no way yeah, out. Like, oh, no way out. Um, uh, uh, no way out. Uh, Dance with Wolves still fantastic. The Clint Eastwood um, one. Uh, yeah, oh, Perfect World. Perfect yeah. World is genius. Yeah, no, I, I honestly love. Cosner. I, I think love he's when 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 he's a good movie, he's he's incredible, beautiful. Good. But yeah, the but those kinds of movies, and this fits right in film camp. We're coming right back around. Is that the yeah, those kinds of movies are only like they're only so like they're made by crazy people. You know, and it's like, you know, like uh, Heaven's Gate was Heaven's Gate because Chimino, Chirito, Michael, Michael Chirito, is, uh, Come on, is you got me. Like that Michael Chirito, this, <laughs> this slick is real. That's right. You didn't know that, my, my, that Michael Chimino was actually one of the, uh, he had a giant scene with Tone Look. Yes. And uh, that was cut out of Tone Look is in Apocalypse Now. <laughs> that, that helicopter. I come down and blam the ground. 
Get killed walking and talking. Yeah, but yeah, they're made by they're like Chimino is like you know insisting that like the uh, the whatever the cans of sugar behind uh, are real are, are real. Are, are Mahog- totally- the dance floor scene, I think that was real mahogany. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. It's they ridiculous. use real mahogany on the sets. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. like it's the and so you have uh, like oh, the, Chris, were you saying something? about Just that? a second, we're <laughs> landing the plane. They, <laughs> So that's so, why they're three and a half hours. As long as uh, as this film cam has the commitment to accuracy, we will get regarding... to Chinatown at some point. I'm just telling you, but keep, keep going. This is what we need. I think that that's the that's the way, like because you know like schools have gone to hell in America, and I think that we need them to try to make uh, the hard, the most accurate uh, representation of 1867 <laughs> <laughs> you possibly can, and involve Christopher Walken. Then we're home free. Okay. There it is. Sounds See, good. Roundabout, but I think it was worth it. All right. <laughs> so you, you, it's pornography. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what I was talking. Oh yeah, yeah, legend. Yes, legend. Yes, yes. Tim Curry coming out. <laughs> Tim Curry coming out of the mirror. Oh, it's great. Yeah, because they shut it with um, what like mercury or something like that when he's stepping out of the mirror. But I don't. I, I think I can do that without doing that. Sure. I think I can do that <laughs> without poisoning your children. Yes, I, so. <laughs> I don't think they did it with mercury. Did no. they? I'm not sure. It's I mean, it's a great gag. It's a beautiful gag. But I think you can do that with just two cameras, like literally just shoot into a mirror. No, you have no have, mirror yeah. involved. You right. just find a plane that's the center. That's right. right. And you split and then you basically and have you, two cameras. Basically, and then you it. and no. then you roto the the reflection yeah. as the opposite yeah. so side. So like you would you would shoot at uh, like. Two opposite forty-five degree angles, right? Or fifteen degree or angles, 15, whatever, 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 whatever mirror, whatever it is, yeah. yeah. And uh, and then you shoot, it, you green screen it, right? No, you don't have to green screen. Uh, it. I would say just to get to get a clean roto, right? You want to get like the, to make sure. Do you? But like it's, green, you know, it's super simple, it's super simple. But the way the way they did it in uh, the way they did it in uh, uh, in Legend is it was over black, that's so right. you just make it over black. Uh, yeah, that's true. And and, and then, then it's clean. It in. Yeah, that's fine. And then you, and then I think we can do this. And here's my idea, right? Uh, try to figure out, like, let's say you have the hand coming out of the mirror, right? Yep, right. You need something that represents a roto point that represents the plane of the hand. Right. Here's my idea: uh, a laser level. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Then you just it have a laser le- off the mirrors. No, no, no. There's no mirrors. <laughs> just a laser level across the arm, and then you know where the plane is, and that's your roto Perfect. point for right. the reflection. Right. Right. That makes sense. And that's that's my idea. That's and idea. I think we can do this. I have a green for fucking laser nothing, too. right? You have a laser green, green laser level. Yeah, I have green la- a whole a set of twelve. I used as when I souped the commercial like three years ago, mm-hmm. and we used them for laser. I just had them so we can have track points moving fast right. with a rig. Right. But I still have them. They're very powerful, and you can just put them. You can take them and then just use them. But they they will cut across. But they're green. They're perfect. Yeah, no. I think there you go. Me. Yeah, that's great. So that's what I need. Because and the other reference that I would give you is the uh, <clears throat> is in the end of John Carpenter's um, uh, uh, the movie in the church with Alice Cooper. Yes, uh, it's great. What's it called? Oh shoot! The Donald Pleasance, uh, Alice Cooper, creepy dude from the TV show in the eighties with the. With the boat, it's not with an a U. I know what you're talking about because I literally and it's, just, yeah. It's it's and it's like the um it's like the the thermos of uh, evil that's down in the cellar. It sweats and then I, turns I know, the woman into pizza face. What is that called? Prince of Darkness. Okay, Prince of the ending of Prince of Darkness has the greatest like that's eighties. That's yeah no that's eighties yeah yeah inside the uh, like the end of the very end of Prince of Darkness scared the bejesus out of me and still is totally amazing. 
is um, the uh, uh, they're trying to summon uh, you know the devil from this mirror, and it's a like the devil's about to uh, come through um, when <clears throat> uh, uh, the the uh, heroine is knocked into that mirror with the devil, right? Okay, and then the mirror is shattered and she's trapped in hell forever on the mm. opposite side but they but because the, she's already in the mirror right because she's already in the mirror and the way that they do it is they shoot it in a uh, like everything in the mirror world is a swimming pool and it's a uh, like it's a it's just a uh, blackness underwater right if you think about this, this and they is shoot a, it sideways this is an ongoing weird theme right you mm-hmm. had it in legend you have it in in yeah. prince of darkness you right. have it in poltergeist with the tv yeah exactly, exactly. you have it in uh strange, dimensional stranger thing. Yeah, exactly. thing with the upside trying down trying to come through from the other side yeah, right that's right, right. Yeah. yeah that's a that's a big deal imagine like one of the kids is like i want to shoot a scene from caligula oh that'd be <laughs> so camp, good and you're like wait a minute hold on kid <laughs> you know because Bob you, know, was you, my you can have two separate schools because the way they did with caligula is they they, they got all the famous people in that's right shot that and then like, no, we're just going to keep on rolling. So the the taxi driver would be more interesting for the kids. <laughs> that, that, that would be excellent. <laughs> Can that we do the scene from Taxi Driver inside of the porno theater? Yeah. Uh, I, okay. There's only blurry colors moving on the screen. It's all it's G-rated to begin with. All right. All right. Let's, let's, get, let's get to Chinatown. Okay. Bit. Here it is. All right. We're here to talk about Chinatown. Yes. Chinatown, which, which we have referenced a great deal. Thank you, uh, Eric. To his uh, 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 multiple times quoting uh, John, Houston. John Houston, it's in it's more or less the signature of the show. Take it, it away, Mister Gitz. Mister Gitz, <clears throat> would you is he a capable man, Mister Gitz? <laughs> Just yes. find a girl, Mister Gitz. <laughs> What's really funny is I have not actually seen that movie in a really long time. Oh yeah, yeah, really long time, mm-hmm. and uh, so I, I I knew all those quotes, but it's, it's really interesting because I rewatched it yesterday. Right, um, available on Amazon, which is actually cool. Yeah, it is. It's free. It's free. Um, if you pay, if you pay, oh yep. yeah, if you have Prime, if you pay for Prime, then yes. it's free. Then it's free. <laughs> uh, and it was it was so it was good, but I was like, it was so interesting to see it again now after you know several decades. And then realizing all of the LA-ness in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Super Because now that I yeah. have lived here for so long, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my god, The pig whistle, right? The, yeah. Yes. The, uh, like the, uh, but that was Pacific Dining Car. Is that a Pacific Dining Car? Yeah. You can go online and see the guy breaks it. Some guy breaks it down. That's the outside of the Pacific Dining Car oh, where right, they do right, those right. photos of him arguing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I love Pacific Dining Car. Man, mm-hmm. like, that's the – you want to really – That's over really... by where your guy friend lives. Uh, uh, yeah, Mark. yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, really, really. That's like it is. A, it is a. It's a feast for old Hollywood stuff. Like, it is. You know, like there's so many great locations and beautiful things and things that don't and exist anymore. Yeah, exactly. And disappearing. Yeah, right. The, the orange groves themselves, which don't exist at They're all. They're a mall here. now. Strip mall. That's right. That's right. All the stuff is really interesting. Yeah. Um. So maybe for <laughs> Chinatown is such an iconic movie mm-hmm. in a lot of ways and what was really strange from my perspective is my my son wanted to go see detective pikachu yesterday oh i have also I seen that. this with it's my son good. you did it yeah i it's saw great. it with my daughter it was yeah. great it's actually a really good movie yeah yeah and it's really weird and, and it's, it's really related <laughs> related to chinatown absolutely true yeah 
Yeah, oh, yeah. it's wacko. The closest movie I I loved the Pikachu. I saw that in the theaters with my daughter. Yeah, but the closest movie that is really spitting is a movie that I really love. It's kind of old now, like six seven years. Is Rango? Oh, yeah, that's right. Right, right. Rango yeah, right. is 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 um, Chinatown. Yep, yep. The, yep. down and, to and, the and, old tortoise is like Mister yeah. Rango. It's <laughs> exactly. <the> water <laughs> systems of but, water. <laughs> But also, like even, the people. Even, well, it's, uh, <laughs> Zootopia is also uh, Chinatown. There's also Chinatown. That's so right. Chinatown, even though it seems like this old artsy film, is like a lot of very no, popular films. It's, it's been pulled from for like a lot yeah. of movies. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty insane. It is a classic formula for the best sort of iconic right. detective movie, mm-hmm. right? Where it starts off with a detective trying to solve a case that explodes into something that affects the entire ecosystem within that within which that person lives. Right. 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 He's the last guy to know. Yep, exactly. He does yeah, he's he, he's the he thinks last he's on top of it the whole time. And, and the, the best not. way is to, when you look at when it opens, it opens with a guy who didn't even know. Yeah. Curly, right. relax, curly. You can't eat my my yeah. Venetian, Venetian blinds. blinds. I just got them installed. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and yeah. He's like, come on, have a drink. Yeah. And so he has a drink. Curly comes, and then the woman comes in, and not only dupes him, but he's the last to know. He comes in to meet the me- real Mrs. Mulray, right. and he's like, Curly, I got a joke. All right, guys, I got a joke. He's like, Will oh, you man. slow down. Let me. Think. So the Chinaman. Yeah. So the Chinaman said, and, and well, he's that, like, okay, that, okay, you, you're, that ju- scene. You're jumping a little fast because that's a really important scene. Yeah. But we should really break this down for people so, in terms to understand. Okay, the Dan, process. Hit it. Okay. Yeah, because okay. it starts off with Curly. That's right. Right. And who who is the actor who plays Curly? Because he's an amazing. Oh, he's actor. everywhere. He's yeah. everywhere, yeah. He's everywhere in the seventies. But yeah. he really yeah, is. It's about a guy not being the last. No, but he's with authority. He's mm-hmm. just like relax. It happens to everybody. Kind right. of thing. But yeah, he like. Jack but Nicholson. he's a classic. He's a classic uh, like film noir detective where right. he's basically finding like. Uh, his job as a detective is find out like yeah your spouse is cheating on you right, right? That's- and, and, and then when and like it's it's a great line because like it shows like Jake Gittis, uh, um, uh played by Jack Nicholson Gittis, uh, like, not Gitts not Gitts yeah Mr Gitts Mr Gitts the Jake Gittis is like he's very good at what he does he's known for what he does and you know, or at least he's you know infamous for what he does. Um, and but corrupt, and and, and, he's, and John yeah. Houston later points that out. He said right. the only way to be a good detective essentially is to be corrupt because you're known as corrupt. Right, exactly. And so the right. the, the uh, like it is established that he is not only known uh, for what he does, but played he is, by uh, 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 oh Jack Nicholson or Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. And so the and he's not only known for what he does, he's also just you know like. He, he has a bunch of people working under him. He's very confident and he's sort of unsurprisable when, when the fake Mrs. Mulray comes in, when the, when well, a woman comes in saying, my name is Mrs. Mulray and I need you to do a job for me. My husband, I think is cheating on me. And he's like, oh no, really? And the flatness with which he says because that that's like, pretty much what he does every, every day, every single day. Every day is like I think my husband or my wife is cheating on yeah. me. I need you to here's some money. Is like because Curly's great. wife is cheating on. That's the first thing you see with the Curly. first thing you see. Right. So it establishes like this is what he does every day. Right. He finds people that are cheating on their spouses right. and gives them the evidence. Right. And Crispin Glover's father is the sidekick. Is is that true? That's Crispin Glover's father. I met oh him my once God, when looked, I went to a Crispin wow. Glover book signing. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Like you know, now that you said it, I can see it completely. Oh that's yeah, bizarre. that's Crispin Glover's father. That's funny. Who's enough. in the back, like uh, 
Oh, okay. Jake, you know, he's right. kind of with the right. pencil tucking around. He's like, wait a minute, that's, that's water crazy. and power, Hollis, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like, wait a minute, don't shut up. So, like, wait oh, a minute. Wait, okay, hold on a second. Hold on a second. The guy who he's saying is Crispin Glover's father. He's the one that says at the end, forget about it, Jake. It's, it's Chinatown. Chinatown. Right. right. Was he also in Breaking Bad? Yes. He plays the, the one of the main characters. In no, Bre- no. He was in Breaking Away. Wasn't? No. no. Breaking Bad. No, I don't think his father acts anymore. No, okay, no. The, the, I think the, you, you I'm thinking, thinking of someone else. Are you thinking of the old dude? Yes. The really old dude? Who plays the old dude in Breaking Bad who's a yeah. younger guy. That is, no, he is also another great actor from the 70s. That His name is uh, Robert uh, – oh, it's embarrassing. My brain just completely cramped on me. Balongo. Um, uh, you know, he's, he's from The Black Hole and he's from um, – Yes. Uh, uh, Bal- Balongo or Ro- – Robert Forster. God, Forster, get yes. Get that back in my brain. Okay. Um, who I've uh, – like I actually – have. A, he's the car driver. And he's also yeah. – and, and he's the one that picks him up and um, he's the washing machine expert and it helps change his identity in season five. Right. 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 That's right. right. Yes. Because right. I just blitzed Breaking, Creek, Breaking yes. Bad last week. Right. All five seasons. Oh, All right. God well, bless it. Let's God not deviate it. too fast. Okay. okay. So here well, we are. Let's talk yes. about a different movie. Mary Poppins. Uh, no, I, just, <laughs> I want to keep people on track because they'll, they'll – Okay. So the outline for Chinatown. Wait right? a minute. People. It's just us. Oh, no. It's, it's three amigos. Oh, I see. So the outline for Chinatown, for those who haven't seen it, is – Jack Nicholson is Jake Giddis, who is a private investigator. Okay. He used to work for the police force, I believe, but we find that out something, later. Uh, something happened in Chinatown that made him disillusioned with the police and decided to go private investigator. And he's like, "Screw this! The police are corrupt. This is terrible. I'm just going to do this but, myself." But that, but that, just interjecting, that thing was that he wouldn't go along with with the corruption with the corruption right so he like even though he's he's like seen as a scumbag as a private investigator you can there's a moral core to him that he tries that he's trying to protect in some way sure right but he is also sort of bored slightly depressed and you know in the face of all that very successful and because he's jack nicholson one of the great jack but he's also really He's, he's very handsome, actually. Oh, oh yeah, he was, good. he was the Nicholson cat. Time, That's man. prime. Totally prime. That is prime. that is about as good looking. And as the Jack one with Nicholson. Art Garfunkel. That was a great movie. Uh, uh, Mike is, Nichols did it, right? Who did it? Carnal Knowledge. Oh, Carnal Knowledge. That's right. I totally forgot about it. It's been years since. Yeah, it's yeah. Kate Wapo. No. Oh, because he's he is rocking it so hard in the seventies, man. It's he was like, a good looking, dude. I gotta yeah. admit. I gotta admit. Yeah, my, one of my favorite. No Eric Estrada, but he's you can't always be on chips. But the. You have uh, <clears throat> five easy pieces with him. Seventy-one. Yep. That's Bob uh, Revison. Yep, and also written, I think, written by Robert Town, who wrote Chinatown. Um, he did the last detail. Yeah, isn't that the one? Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, five easy pieces. Bob Revison. Oh yeah, no, I mixed up the names. And then sorry. Yes, last, last detail, detail is he and did. Five with easy pieces also Robert fantastic, Town, right? Yeah. And uh, five easy pieces is, fan- is like that's a truly great performance. I think that like last detail is a is a better movie, uh, but. Um, uh, five easy pieces is like one of the saddest character yeah. studies I've ever I seen. Love yeah, it's totally right, back to Chinatown. Okay, so anyway, Jack Nicholson is amazing. <laughs> that's prime, and he also did the one with Bertolucci. Yes, that's really good. Yes, uh, the I'll think of it. Okay, uh, but you know what I'm talking about in the desert in North Africa. Yes, I, I cannot think of the name. Of it. I know yes. the way you're talking about. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, the passenger. Yes, with that great shot with the cars. Uh, yeah, that, oh, it's fucking awesome. Beautiful. Okay, so uh, I haven't had very much sleep, so I'm slipping gears a little bit. But I'm going to do my – yeah, just – actually, I'll, I'll tell you why. You work. You know, I'm, I'm both working. I'm working on another uh, giant project, uh, 
a, uh, a short film slash TV show pitch, and uh, that's been eating up a bunch of my time. But the thing that messed up my sleep schedule, I mean, I'll be honest, Quaaludes. is is the Quaaludes, which yeah. Yeah, you can't even get anymore. I just found them under the couch. That's and I was you. Like, yeah, Isn't let's that just you? Go for like, it. Yes, put on the old Leonard Skinner and just yeah. drop yeah. so this the jungle is. And uh, no, it's the. Uh, uh, I was I couldn't sleep the other night. I found I was, him on a pill ball called Cosby. Yeah, <laughs> oh, look at that. That's handy. So it dissolves quickly as I thought they would. Uh, but yeah, the uh, that that I couldn't sleep, and on Netflix I watched um, Flatliners mm. from 1990, and uh, I I watched. I go, oh, I bet this movie's really stupid. I'm going to go on a tangent for you guys. Yeah, kid. have you guys? Uh, I said uh, I know you said uh, uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, Series called Forever. No, I don't know anything about it. Have you Have you seen it? Mm-mm. Um, I, 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 I basically like when I go on on foreign trips, right? Because when you go outside of the country, you basically cannot watch things outside the country because of you know rights and stuff yeah, like right. that. Okay. So, but what you can do is you can download a bunch of them locally, uh, and then you can watch them offline. Bring with them, right. Right. Yeah. So uh, I was like, I'm just going to download a bunch of crap because I'm going to be, you know, in a hotel room and I want to watch some stuff. And uh, on Amazon Prime, I found this show called uh, uh, Forever mm-hmm. that has um, uh, Fred Amistad, the guy did yes. Portlandia. Oh, great! Yeah, he's great. and and uh, oh, God, what's her name? Uh, um, really good actors, right? Yeah, right. And yeah, he also does documentary now with Bill Hader. Oh, God. Yes, he no. does. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up okay. uh, because she's and I'm totally name blanking and I'm embarrassed, but I'm gonna look it up on my phone and I apologize. In the meantime, I'm just gonna sum up the story with Flatliners. Yeah, I'm embarrassed to say I fucking love Flatliners. <laughs> it's so terrible and uh, and uh, terrible to say, but I uh, that that movie not only did I really enjoy myself, I realized how much that single movie influenced. All of my visuals and my storytelling. I couldn't believe I was really? watching it going like, this may be a cornball ridiculous movie, but it got burnt deeply into you must have something like this where you're just like you're watching something and suddenly you realize like, oh shit, this really affected me. I didn't even realize that this yeah. is the source of like half of the I've been you know, ripping this off for I've years. I've been ripping it off for years. I've been ripping flatliners off for years and I didn't even know it. I'm like it's it's uh, embarrassing to say, but it's true. So uh Forever is a is a series on on uh on Amazon Prime, starring Fred Amison, uh, Armisen, Armisen yeah. and Maya Rudolph. She's oh, she's wonderful. great. Yeah, yeah. She's great. And also, also Catherine uh, Keener. Oh, she's great. She's a great actor. And um, went to college with my sister. It is basically. No you oh, went Kathy to, Keener. I just realized. You that went that to college with her? No, my her sister. sister. And my sister went to college with her. And my sister was like, oh, yeah, we went to college together. We were in the same dorm. Uh, dorm. At Wheaton, all oh, girls man. school in the early eighties. That's I was hysterical. Like, you never told oh me my that. God, Catherine all I'm going to say, yeah, is on this series, it takes about three episodes before you figure out what the fuck's going on. Right, right. right. So you need to go through those three episodes because, as most streaming TVs, like they have to do three episodes to do the establishment of the yeah, characters. Yeah, to warm it all up. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's usually one episode for one character, another episode for the second character, and then suddenly you can get started on right. this thing. But if you go through this, this, and I'm not kidding you, is the most existential comedy I've ever seen. No kidding. It might as well have been written by Camus and directed wow. by Vim Vendors. Oh, man. Wow. That's, uh, it's that's a tall order. Really? Where, where do you see it? On Netflix? Amazon Prime. Oh, Amazon. I have Amazon. Okay. Yeah. I, you, can, you get that free. 
if you huh. have Amazon <laughs> Prime, for it. I I watched oh, this thing and I watched this thing. I basically like started like a couple like episode one, two. I was watching on a plane as mm. I was going, and then I started like episode three, and then suddenly like, well my 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 whole like jet lag is fucked because I'm watching this all night. I basically yeah. watched it all night. I could not stop. I was like. This is amazing. And uh, for the architect people out there who love stuff, this entire thing is in, in completely embracing uh, mid-century modern stuff in Los nice. Angeles. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, I, I, like it's, 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 Yeah, well. Or, like or more your, like, your, like your house. Like my house. <laughs> <laughs> like my house. But it, it's, 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 I watch this. I'm like, it's so cheap to make this thing. Right. But so existential oh, at the amazing. same time. That sounds great. I love I, I love Fred Armisen. Armisen. I'm not. I, I don't want to spoil it because you like. We'll check it out. Right. But it's it's it gets really weird. Right. So now you've you've said this and Barry is the other thing that everyone needs. Oh, to Barry see. is yes. amazing. Great. Yeah. Yes. The clips you've seen. Yeah. Barry. Know. Barry is pretty. I mean, I can Barry. I can I can spoil pretty easily without without ruining it right. barry is this basically you know it's an uh, hbo show which a lot of people uh, may have seen but basically it's a story of a guy who is played by bill Hader, uh who is uh, a hitman mm-hmm. a professional hitman a really good hitman who has cover goes to an acting school at, basically decides he doesn't want to do it anymore right. and he does his hit or not his hit and then Decides to skip out and joins uh, 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 acting, uh, uh, like acting classes. Acting classes, right. uh, which is um, uh, his acting coach is played by Fonzie. What's his name? Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler. Yeah. And it goes, and it's really funny, and blah 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 blah. But then it's it goes in all these strange directions, right. and really great. It looks fantastic. I'm I'm a huge uh, Bill Hader fan from He's his uh, like he does. He did a bunch of stuff for the Criterion, or well, originally for a film struck, and now you can see it on the Criterion channel, where right. it's like him talking about. He loves movies. He's a big, big movie nerd. Yeah, yeah, absolutely spectacular stuff. And his it, like with Armisen, he does documentary now exclamation point where every, really? every episode is they mimic perfectly mimic a classic documentary. So they oh, do yeah, like yeah, yeah. oh man it is so fucking they did funny. they did uh, 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 gardens what's uh, yeah great gardens great gardens and, uh, thin blue line and Nanook of the north and like uh, it's just endless it's unbelievable Bill Hader is a really interesting character yeah the whole I, I sent this to you guys uh, in an email basically as like watch Barry mm-hmm. yes only three the first first the first two seasons just to get to season two episode five uh-huh. which is directed by bill Hader. It, this yeah, he told me about this yeah, the, yeah. and i was like so, well, th- this and and it's it's written and directed by him and it's like so it's so wait. ridiculous and it's amazing yeah anyway well, my, back my, to chinatown oh yeah, no i'm just gonna throw in on on top of all that i want to say uh my netflix recommendation is i watched um uh christina applegate and Linda Cardellini in Dead to Me, and that is a funny ass really? show. Oh, I've heard a lot man. of stuff about that. Yeah, that's a good show. That's a really now, good show. The thing that's confusing about that is that it sounds a lot like what Santa Clara Diet. Yeah, no, this but it's is not. Like, it's not. This related. is a straight up. Talk about film noir is like Chinatown style. Like this is like a. It's, it's a secret film noir. Like it's essentially like a a film noir. Like it says it initially sort of starts itself. I don't want to give away too much, but it. Starts itself off essentially as like, you know, it's like a couple of women that are bonding over, you know, mutual tragedy and 
This kind of and so it feels like it's going to go one direction, and it's written very, very, very well. And if right. the show had been that show, that would have been excellent. Instead, it's actually a crazy dark comedy <laughs> that's that is like like it has a plot line that's much more along the lines of like uh uh, uh what's the uh, famous Fred McMurray uh, uh uh film noir with um uh. I know what you're talking yeah, about. You know, uh, yeah, you know, uh, like anything like that. I mean, like uh, uh, Rob Ruppel would kill us for not being able to name these things after I know. that. But like the, uh, um, like any of the great '40s noirs, like this is actually right in line with those. But because uh. it's two, because it's two women, you don't because like most most noirs are made with like tough guys and whatnot. Like you don't sense what it's doing until like right. three episodes in. It's absolutely brilliant. Really, really great show. Brilliantly written. All right. Okay. Now back to so, chat. Back Whoa. to chat. So, so that basically, that that's okay. One fist. No, uh, no, no, no. It, it we're taking more left turn. Like, it's crazy, but it's yeah. fun. Yeah, it's I, fun, I, I, though, this right? This is the left turn episode. This yeah. Is well, episode. this is us. This is what we do. <laughs> this is our relaxation. We've had this like a just, string of guests. We have not. We have had a string of guests. We haven't actually sat around. I mean, honestly speaking, you know, chronologically speaking, we haven't actually sat down at this table for a couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah which to long. us is too long. Yeah. So, so we're just excited. We're, we're just, just excited. excited. We're just, yeah, it's, yeah. It's an exciting time. All right. So, so basically, like you know, he's like he's a he's a detective. He mostly deals with uh, infidelity. Someone comes by. He's like, my husband's been unfaithful, and then he's like, yeah, sh- tell me about it. And then right. she says, my husband is blah blah blah. Hollis Mulray. Hollis Mulray. Right. And at which point, dollar Water signs go off in his head. Yes, right? because he's, Hollis Mulray is uh, the uh, one of the two. Major people in Los Angeles in the in the setting of the movie, uh, Los Angeles. Water when, and what's power. the date is this supposed to take place? Nineteen thirties, forties? It's thirties, right? Yeah, thirty five or something 36. like that, right? Yeah. So imagine Los Angeles, nineteen thirty five. Water and power. Yeah, yes, it's uh, yes. He owns he he is the head of water and power. So 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 but he owned it. Los yeah. Angeles, nineteen thirty five, is actually a fairly smallish city. At yeah, it's time. more it's more more like a bedroom community style place than it is a like right. thriving metropolis. Right. It's so it's just a small the verge of that. It's 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 starting to become a boom city. Right. Everyone knows the potential of what it is. Right. And Hollis Mulray is uh <coughs> controlling water in the desert. Right. Which is what it turns out to be the biggest subject of this movie. Right. Is the fact that Los Angeles is, it's about to explode as a city. Like it's, it's about, about to, to explode crazy. as a city, and it's basically a city that needs to be watered. Right. Exactly. It's a desert community, yeah. Mister. Exactly. Yes. And, and so, like he them now, Jake Gittis, uh sees like, oh my God, your husband is insanely rich, right? And uh, and controls the power of this city. And controls the power. So he's like, he he starts in with the uh, like. Well, I want to be honest, Mrs. Mulray. You know, uh, it's a very, it's a pretty expensive business gotta, we're in, and she's like, gotta give it "Money a doesn't bit, matter to me." And he's like, "A little bit more of a good. Jack Nicholson." <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll burn out my Jack Nicholson. I try to. I like my nose. Oh. I like breathing oh, through, through my nose. nose. Yeah, Whoever did this to your husband did this to my nose, <laughs> and I intend to find out. Oh my God, he's. He's so goddamn good. He like. Jack By the way, I, I, I actually I have one request from you, Eric. Is when you I know you do all the the photoshops with us in the movies. Yes. I would like to play the Jack Nicholson character I have that set up for you. with, but I want you to put the bandaid on my nose. 
Yeah. Like I want that. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to request. Uh, that I sent the I, photos to you guys. Yeah, uh, uh, you yeah, did. Email, you did. Yeah, I, saw, I want to play the gardeners. Like ah, oh, bad for grass. Bad, yeah, bad for gra- bad for the grass. Yeah, the uh, glass. Uh, yes, bad for he glass. He says glass, bad which glass. is like oh, yeah, so racist. Glass, bad for glass. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, but you know, I, I insist uh, rather that I play the fake Mrs. Mulray, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's what we need. So anyway, like he starts investigating. He's going. To, he's planning on investigating. Um, like what's Hollis Mulray all about? And he goes to a town meeting, uh, a, a, a municipal meeting where uh, Hollis Mulray is there to discuss his opinion on building a new, uh, building new van, uh, building new dam for LA. And he's like, I'm not going to do this because of this other dam disaster, the Vanderlift Dam disaster, right? Uh, which was you know killed many many people. And now you want to do this again? I don't want any part of it, right? Um, but you see that water is a massive concern for both the city and for the farmers who uh, have all the orange groves and everything, right? right. They and, need water, right? And the people, the and that's in the valley, right? And that's in the valley. So the, the San farmers, Fernando Valley, right? So the the farmers who run the orange groves are being starved of water, and this is the this is the core element of the story, uh, because. Uh, to cut to the chase, if it gets too complicated to follow in what I'm about to say, it's the plot of the first Superman movie, where the villain of this movie is buying up land that he knows will be extremely valuable once all the farmers are kicked off of it. And so they want to shut off the power to these people so they can buy up huge amounts of land to control everything. That is the topic topical plot you only find that out towards the end right that's the plot that he's investigating so but he doesn't know this yes the interesting thing about the movie is that though that is the plot that you are following and that he is discovering and that's the source of all the movie's tension that is not what the movie is about right (laughs) like because uh eric's entirely right uh jack nicholson is at the beginning a person who thinks he knows what's going on and he has no fucking idea what's going on. <laughs> no. Well, that's the – for me, I feel like – But he's the coolest cat in the whole thing and he realized like – So confident. Fantastic. So confident. Right. Like, but I, yeah. I feel like – But he's also like – but he doesn't he represent the audience in a sense? Like, Well, I feel like for me, it's like uh, – I love this movie. Oh, it's like, incredible. It, it's probably my 40th time seeing it. Yeah. But it's like I remember when I first moved here and I met my wife, she had two coffee shops. Mm-hmm. In Brentwood. And I moved to Brentwood from Greenwich Village like, what the heck? And her customer was Robert Town. Mm-hmm, and right. so he would come in a lot. And she's the only person I've known who – because she was like, you're an idiot. She called him an idiot once because he got too close to a dog. Once? She, like, <laughs> Three times in a row and like, within six seconds. Don't go near the dog. He'll bite you. Don't go near the dog. He goes near the dog and it bites his nose. And she's like, you're an idiot. I don't care what kind of screenwriter you are. <laughs> And I was That's like, right. you just called Robert Downey. But he – I would talk to him about this movie and he was – told me once that mm-hmm. it was like at his home in Brentwood. It was him at one end of the dining room table and Polanski on the other. Mm. Yeah, and Polanski hammered him on this thing, right? He, But I feel like that darkness was Polanski. Oh, yeah. But for Robert Town, I, I could be wrong. I just feel like Gitz represents – or Gittis represents America. 
We're in right. the Vietnam War. Oh, we're yeah, pulling yeah, sure. out. Yep. It's like we all movie we came f- out in seventy four. Right? Yep. We yep. we we think we know everything. Yeah, but we do we not. do not, yep. and we are not a moral authority because we're clueless. Right. There's an underlying world that goes on. Right. And we're missing it. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, that, that's the that's the great thing about him. Because like he is this very, you know, he, it's not like there's plenty of film noirs in which you know the main character is really cynical and all this kind of stuff. Like he is, I would say that he is. I wouldn't say cynical. Like he's just sort of like he thinks he, he just he just thinks he knows what's happening. So he's just like you know he's still a semi upbeat guy. He likes telling jokes and hanging out with his buddies and all this stuff. Well, but he feels like he's left all the tough stuff behind, and he's just like I know what's going. On. I know the ends. Well, now isn't it isn't it a thing that basically like he's 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 getting out of the rat race right. of being a cop. I, he's like, and I'm a moral person. Most of what for the police department. Yep. And I'm going to go leave Chinatown where it's it, totally immoral down there. where right. Everybody's corrupt. Right. And I'm going to run my own practice and make money. And Hey, I'm making money. Right. And now here comes something along that challenges him directly. Right. Like he was conned and it came to him and he was drawn into it. And everybody, uh, controlled him he right it's the literally the last he was a sucker right right he yeah. missed it all and and the and the beauty of the movie is but he doesn't look like an idiot throughout it, the movie exactly. no but he's, doesn't that he is a he's a charming hero right he is a total charming hero in the movie right and you're like, like you know he's jack nicholson he has a sort of a dark side to him for for sure but you know, like you know that he means well he's a confident guy and he feels basically good uh about what he's doing and thus the further he gets into it like like it's way too late before you realize. He also it's so stands out where she said, "I'm just going to pay you." When they're at her house, I'm mm-hmm. just going to pay you, and we'll be done with it. He said, "I'm intending to find out." Like right. it's now all of a sudden it's like, no, it doesn't matter. I'm going to find out because right. I know I'm right. Yeah, because, and yeah, I'm, and you can see that the morality that he that he lives his life by is coming up again. Like I'm going to figure this out for the good of blah, blah, blah. So, 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 uh, back to the plot. So this, this woman comes up, says my husband is cheating on me. Right. He is the, uh, uh, you know, he runs water, he runs water and power, et cetera, et cetera. It turns out as you find out later that she is not actually his wife. Yes. She is setting it up. For him to investigate this person, right, right, uh, and it's all fake, right. It's all set up by someone else. So the detective in this story is already being duped right yeah, from getting right, getting right from the get go, right. because suddenly the real Mrs. S- the real Miss Mulray shows up and he goes, and "That's Faye Dunaway," uh, and Faye Dun- played by Faye Dunaway, and she's like. Uh, I never hired you. You've, we've never met. Why are you here? And right. et cetera, et cetera. Then she says, I have an investigation for you. I want you to inspect this other aspect of what's going on or figure out what's happening in different ways. Right, right, right. right. But ill attention because it's not really – she's – there's no sincerity to that. It's just no. how you can just run him around. Suddenly, right? like right. no one is trustworthy right. at all. And she's, I mean, like, she's very, very cold from the beginning of that movie. She's, she's very cold. She's very, yeah, she's and like, her eyebrows are disturbing. Yes, yeah. Because, like, I love her line in the beginning when she says, uh, like, uh, I don't, what is it? I don't, uh, I don't get mad, Mr. Geddes. I let my lawyers do that for me or whatever it is. That's right. Like, when yeah. she's right. leaving. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, she, she is the like, she's such The thing is, and we're going to get to the end of the film, but when she reveals at the end of the film, that is his complete destruction in a mm. way, because it's like he can't handle that concept. 
Right. Right. Yeah. Well, this is this is beautiful, right? This is beautiful. And the thing is, like, so so okay. Her her husband, her actual husband, Hollis Mulray, right, ends up dead. Dead. <laughs> uh, in 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 an aqueduct at a dam. Right. Right. So he has water in his lungs and right seawater. Seawater. Seawater, yes. which is different yes. than the fresh water. Right. Where he was supposedly found. Yeah. Supposedly found. <laughs> right. So he's right. drowned. Right. But he's drowned in a different way. Now 1930s or whatever, right? So, yes. So and there's they, a morgue investigation going on that they figured out that it's seawater, right. et cetera. By the way, this is all still going on right now. Oh, yeah. For I'm sure. sure yeah. 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 I was just uh, about a month ago in Sequoia with my wife and daughter. And I stopped off at a fruit stand to just make fun of an older person. And I was <laughs> uh, just pulled over. I wanted to do it. I saw them. Such and a literal done a few shit. Hours. Um, no. no, I'm kidding. I was talking to this farmer and he was talking about like how they can help close family farms is a system sure. yep. of uh, controlling the, the uh, hired workers. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, without a doubt. It's a system, yep. meaning corporate farms get the workers first. Because mm-hmm. I, I said to this guy, I said – I'm driving here to Sequoia for this Airbnb, and like on the left side, all the groves were picked. Mm-hmm. On the right side, all the oranges or the navel oranges were on the f- ground in circles, perfect foot-high circles around the tree. Right. Why wouldn't they not pick them? Mm-hmm. Are they going to use it for like orange oil or something? Right. No, they're dead because the workers took too long over here. They can't go over here, but that's a corporate one Right. that's private. Yep, that's right. That's but it's right. the same oh, thing. Yeah. I mean, the industry is still the, the industry, absolutely. But and, just in general, right. this power grab yep. and then all the waters into the San Francisco Bay. Of course. The point is, I don't want to get political here. I'm just saying this control is still happening absolutely, today. Absolutely true. I mean, like in in the reality, like if you see – there's a great movie, a documentary. It's very long. It's like a four-hour documentary. But it's called Los Angeles Plays Itself. And, uh, and it's about how Los Angeles is represented in movies. And it's made up entirely of – clips of movies and the guy that made it didn't like he's very sort of frustrated with how la is represented and like all the bullshit myths from hollywood um but he uh, so he's he's frustrated that china, china <coughs> mythologizes all this stuff but i thought it was very interesting that like all the things that happen in chinatown are essentially real you know like they've been made into a uh like they've been mythologized and like sort of made into a, a very sinister plot um, but if you go back and read how this, how, how like how this all happened, uh, like it was actually much more out in the open, and people just failed to either realize it or they were just too sort of individually selfish to stop it, mm-hmm. and it uh, and it and it you know destroyed an entire uh, community and business essentially um, right. because Los Angeles was growing into something else and they needed to wipe them out. And this is why Robert Town, I think originally was preparing, was going to do this as a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, the second, which was the two Jakes, which was uh, not a great movie directed by um, Jack Nicholson, which is the sequel to Chinatown. And the third one. So like the, the two Jakes was all about uh, uh, gas and electric. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, trolleys. And, and, uh, and the third one was called, was not made. It was called Cloverleaf mm. and Cloverleaf was turned into Who Framed Roger Rabbit. 
Uh, so oh. Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a weird, unofficial sequel to Chinatown. That's genius. Yeah. I didn't know that. And that's all about the that rail That makes car. sense. But the yeah. rail car yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's, the, that's, 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 that's what right. I was saying, is the, the tire right. companies yeah. did that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. They put in the highways and all that kind of jazz. Yeah. That's interesting. And you, like, Los Angeles is a weird, strange The problem town is of, it's right? a town group. of power and money and well, obviously a town of power and wealth. But it's also a town where people come to become something else. Right, exactly. And so in New York, it's all about tradition right. and money and you know community families, power. Old blood. Stuff. Old blood. Right. And it's like here, it's you have- There's every- no such thing as old blood in Los Angeles. Well, well, what I'm <laughs> saying is blood. people, it's the idea, it's the money, it's the power, but it's also people who come here to become somebody else. And right. it's that conflict. Right. Where you can just say, look the other way, or right. just, this is what I want, I don't care. Whereas, and just make it up. The best thing about Los Angeles is a book by Tashin, which I have. I actually have two copies. One somebody gave me, and it's, I'm going to give it as a gift. We'll give it away as a gift here. That'd be lovely. Um, it's on, on Los Angeles. Yeah. And it's the Tashin book on Los Angeles where the guy's on Venice Beach. You, the best thing for you to understand Los Angeles is to start in the very beginning and see these old photos tiled together like panoramas mm-hmm. of Beverly Hills, of Midtown, by La Brea. It's, it's just oil wells and land. Yeah, that's it. And that's as it. you go through each chapter, it's 800 it's like a, it's pages. Like it's an oversized book. porcupine of a photo oil book. wells. Yeah. And that's right. And yeah. then all of a sudden, you see this kind of grow. And then this people, they don't want this over here. And then they just destroy it. And right. it's all – it's just there's no – Sense of history. Yeah, Los, Los it's Angeles, a sense of me. Right, like Los Angeles professionally forgets itself all the time. That's right. right? But with that, you can look the other way. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, I mean, that's the the nature of the, and this is what Chinatown talks about. Really, is like the uh, the trying to put on uh, a different face, or like to put put a different face forward than who you actually are. Like there's a there's an undercurrent and an underground that is much more sinister. That's constantly being sort of papered over and dolled up. And that's true for characters in the movie and all this other stuff. I mean, like, it's just like the, you come to Los Angeles because you want to be, like, say, an actor and you want to create a false personality and a false front. And that's how Los Angeles does business. And that's, it's about the, the incident, it's about the incidental moment uh, and what we all agree on uh, in that moment. And history is just sort of forgotten. And that's how that's business right. is done uh, in the town. And this, uh, this is the this movie tracks. This is why it's one of the great films. Not only is it a, a miraculously well made picture, but it's like it it shows a turning point in the uh, sort of American psyche, um, where we go from uh, in a uh, an industry with like with history and uh, and you know growth and depth to it to something that's entirely surface and we the what is like what ends up growing underneath that is so sinister that you don't even want to talk about it. Like, forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Like, that's the the stuff that's, that's happening. That's the ending in, of the movie. Yeah, right? like it's forget. That's like the last line in the movie. Like it's it's so like what is discovered underneath the false surface, underneath the sunny surface. And he's almost catatonic. I mean, they they have escort him off. And he just can't understand. Yeah, no, it's mind blowing. And, it's, then, it and that's why I think very, you're right about the, uh, like the very, Vietnam War experience. Like it is a Vietnam War. It is a very Vietnam War experience. There was, yeah, just, just like a soldier just, just being taken off, his buddy was killed. Can, can yeah. I? Can I right. just like? Exactly. I came here thinking I was doing the right thing, right. and now, it's, now, now it's everyone's not. dead, and I'm everything is revealed as a I'm sham. Screwed. Yeah. Right. 
I mean, there's actually a lot of uh, of there's a lot of similarities between this movie and The Long Goodbye. Mm-hmm. The Long Goodbye yeah. is yeah. very similar, right? Yeah. And we talked about this in our in our um, our episodes of Can you fish out of water? Well, Ashby, yeah. fish Ashby out of water. too is also anti-war, like crazy. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And like, I mean, because that like that's the the brilliance of both of them. Like Long, I agree with you. Long Goodbye is like another. It's like that's my other favorite representation of Los Angeles, and right? Like because it really gets a hold of the sort of like this mer- mercurial uh, kind of attitude that the town continues to have through up till today. Right. You know, where it's just like, uh, we don't want to, I mean, like there's plenty of great deep, rich art that's made in Los Angeles. I'm not saying anything like that, but like, there's an attitude of like, you know, things just sort of slip away into the foggy past and we don't want to think about it too much. And, uh, and long goodbye is like, there's a guy who remembers something else. Like he remembers a deeper, weirder history and mm-hmm. he's alienated by the pr- the present that he lives in. Right. You know, and uh, Jake Giddis is like, he, he like, he's come to that same point where he, like uh, that Elliot Gould has in long goodbye, where it's just sort of like, he's perfectly happy to float along the surface. He's like, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm living right by myself and I'm making money and I'm not going to dig too deep. And then, and then he gets pulled in just a little bit. And before he knows it, He's totally fine. I feel uh, there's something strange. Uh, um, have you have you ever been to um, uh, Musso and Frank's? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Don't when you go Musso. Just for people to 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 know what I'm talking about, Musso and Frank's is an old school steakhouse in on in Hollywood yep. on Hollywood, Hollywood Boulevard, Boulevard. Yep. and it is like one of the like it's an old school. F- Steakhouse, right? Yeah, so it's you good steaks too. Great, great steaks. Yeah. Uh, famous for the martinis. Mm-hmm. If you want to go there, and you go there and you walk in, and you go amongst the shit of Hollywood. Like it's actually at the worst part. Oh, especially of, that, that stretch of Hollywood Boulevard is very. It's really. It's, it's shitty. Yeah, it's really bad. It's but really you gross. walk into this restaurant and suddenly you're transported back into a world that is way more. Yeah, 1940s dreamscape, man. That's what it is. It is, right? And you're like, oh my God. And, you know, you need a reservation to get in there. Right. It's like, it's a hardcore. White coat waiters, everything. Yeah. yeah. And, and and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. And then you're like, the the, the, the romance of that place. Yeah. And the wait staff, uh, which I found out are extremely well paid for a good reason, mm-hmm. to entertain you through the wait staff process right you know like they 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 entertain you they talk to you they give you a history you feel like you are a hollywood celebrity from the 40s as you go in there i might as well be a producer from 1940s trying to get my movie made like chinatown or whatever you know and i'm like oh it promotes the romance of the it does right right? and so, so there's something about that right is a little bit like that character like you know just feeling a little bit like it's great because it's LA and there's, this is where dreams are made. That's and, right. That's right. You know what I mean? And, and you can experience that just walking into Musso and Frank's, you can experience that feeling. Right. And then the minute you walk out, you realize like it's all a fucking lie. Yeah. It's like filthy streets. <laughs> my friend, homeless uh, guys, like, my old writing dad. partner has an office on Hollywood Boulevard right mm-hmm. down from there on yeah. the second floor. And I have a key. So I go there to write uh, during the week sometimes. Yeah. And it is literally, I mean, if I want to get a tranny and like some blow, <laughs> it's like perfect. That's you know? Right. And it's totally like, whoa. And you just, you got to. Yeah, but no, but Musso Franks is amazing. It is awesome. Right. Oh, Apparently Keith and Ronnie were there like every other night for February and March because they were rehearsing. The Stones were rehearsing. So Keith was always there. Right, right, right. In the back with Ronnie Wood, just right. like hanging out, getting I stuff. Went, 
I went there with my dad. Mm-hmm. I bought, you know, I, he came to town and it's like I made a reservation and we had a fantastic time. And our wait staff was, you know, like my dad, you know, he's old school guy, you know, mm-hmm. blue blood, northeastern guy, and he's loving the experience. Right. Wait staff was totally treating him. Jabbing with jokes and stuff like that, and my dad loves to 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 riff with people. And he was in, uh, he made a joke with the guy, and he said uh, with the wait with the waiter, and he said he's like, ah, oh, well, maybe I should get your job. I was like, I bet you know, I was like, how's your job pay? Pretty well. And uh, the waiter was like, yeah, pays great. I make like eighty five grand a year. Right, right. <laughs> says the waiter, and my dad like, holy smokes, holy smokes. And right. then you started looking at it, and it's like. Add it all up. How much she makes in tips? It's like, yeah, that probably makes about sense. Right, yeah. right. And that's why they get. That's That's why they get such good waiters, yeah, right? That's right. That's because right. those guys can freaking deal it, right? Well, I mean, the, I I believe that they they take the top waiters from the city and put them in the Thunderdome with uh, with uh, an upturned silver dish for a shield. And uh, and uh, and a two prong fork, and they could be, down. but yeah. they 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 talk and they know how to deliver, and That's they're a, funny and they're entertaining. And you're like, there was a, I was pretty solid. Show. I think that was a very solid joke. Yeah, no, was, was it? Okay. It's all right. No, I think we, I we didn't just, like it. No, we gotta ride it out though. It's it wasn't just, a Fitzcarraldus no. level. You can't. You can't. But you can the bar that high. I don't know. I don't. You basically try to merge like uh, Chinatown and Thunderdome and Mad Max. It doesn't work. Mad Max beyond Chinatown, that writes itself. <laughs> beyond Chinatown. <laughs> beyond Giddish. All right. All right. I'll give you that. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll See, give you it that. Came, it came to goodness in the end. I, I like the title. <laughs> we'll have to figure out the connection. Um, but anyway, it was a really good uh, – it, it was – there was something really interesting about it. The other quickly, thing I really like. Thank you for getting the prosecco tonight because that's totally. I love it. I know because been, you drank a lot of it. I know. I hope, hopefully I can drive home, but it's <laughs> it's, uh, it's fantastic. I know. That's why I got it for you because yeah. I know I know you, Eric. I'm, I'm going to get you some some sparkling uh, white wine. Thanks that's for uh, pouring me the glass of water. Hey, it's you super, know it's really it's, it's a great year. Here's here's <laughs> here's another thing, and it's weird that like. Just rewatching this, obviously, I, all the undercurrents and the politics and everything else. Mm-hmm. There was something about the filmmaking that really appealed to me too. The the nose, oh, the yeah. nose was so important to me somehow. I like somehow I got fixated on the it. The knife this was time. upside down. Uh, then, yeah. Hey there, kitty cat. And he puts it in his nose. Oh, it's God, actually going crazy. the other way. Yeah. Flicks it and just sprays the blood. That's brilliant. I did not notice that. Just go in there, kitty cat. So just just so you know, Roman Polanski himself plays the guy who's in a white suit, which is weird because he shows up later wearing the same white suit. Like, why would you wear the same white suit twice? But John Alonzo. But 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 it helps you make the connection that that's the same guy. So that's the white the white suit helps movie language. But basically, Jack Nicholson is at one of the dams and he's investigating, and he gets beat up by these thugs, who tell him give him a warning not to check this thing out, and basically puts a knife up his nose and cuts his nostril. Yep. Pulls the knife out. You know what I do to nosy people? You know what I do to nosy people? They lose their noses. They lose their noses, and he cuts his nose, and there's all this blood and et cetera. So then, 
for a long portion of the movie, a very long portion of this movie. He's a giant. He has a gigantic Band-Aid on the side of his <laughs> it's nose. hysterical. Which it's is really awesome. funny. It's which awesome. basically makes him look like a fucking idiot. Yeah. He's wearing sunglasses and a giant bandage on his face. Like a, like a comically large yeah. Band-Aid on the side of his nose. Yeah, it's great. Great. And then eventually, this it, the movie telling you he's a moron. <laughs> yes, and and oh, and the thing is, what's also interesting is that it also helps tell the story about how much time has gone on yes, between as it each, heals. as it heals, yep. because it's you realize like no, this happened like a few hours ago, a two days ago, or whatever. You realize like yeah, that's why he still has a giant bandaid on his nose, even though we've gone through an hour of plot, right? Right. That's why the bandage is still there. It makes you realize how much stuff he has learned within two days. Right. And so, like he's so the the so he starts uh, Giddis starts investigating him. Right. Soon, and this is before, obviously before he dies, uh, uh, before Mulray dies, uh, Giddis starts investigating him, and soon starts to figure out that Mulray seems to be keeping a lady on the side. Right, uh, stored stored away in a in a, another ho- like a Hollywood apartment. Right, uh, and uh, and this is no surprise to Jack Nicholson because he sees this kind of stuff all the time. That's what he does. Right, That's- and uh, but uh, and so he's he you know is reporting this to um, uh, Faye Dunaway. Faye Dunaway and Mrs. Mulray. Yes, and the real Miss Mulray. The real Miss Mulray. Uh, and <clears throat> and Miss Mulray um, uh, is originally. Uh, Miss Cross. Ah, right. He finds out what the C stands for in her middle name. Yes, yes. And uh, and her. It turns out that her father is uh, the very famous Noah Cross. Noah Cross, who was a partner of her husband, of her husband Hollis Mulray. So she married her father's business business partner. partner right, is what we find out. And then uh, we slowly come to discover <laughs> that uh, that. Uh, him and Hollis, uh, that uh, Noah Cross and Hollis had a uh, falling out over this plot to essentially take over all of that land uh, underneath the orange groves. Right, because Mr. Mulray believed that the water should belong to the people. The people. Right, and, and then Mr. Cross, Mr. Cross like, believes I like, like being rich. I like being rich, <laughs> and then. Uh, uh, I think there was a line in the movie where he says, "Like, well, how much are you worth? You know, oh, um, ten million dollars? Like, oh, much oh, yes, more than that, Mr. Gets. Oh, yes, and of course, this is played by the impeccable. How John much do you need? I have it all, Mr. Yeah. Gets. <laughs> I have it all. Like, so, how much richer do you need to be, oh, Mr. Gets? And the and the beautifulness of this. Oh, is yes. That- so we should note, by the way, mm-hmm. that uh, Mr. Cross is played by John Huston. John Huston, famous film director and a wonderful actor. A wonderful and actor. Yeah. Typecasting for my. From what I understand, yes, yeah, he's uh, quite, and, quite an intense and person. Uh, uh, equally uh, done fantastic voiceover by uh, Eric Sheely here in our. He audience. was apparently, thank you. He was apparently really good friends with the surgeon that now has been uh, uh, said that is the uh, Black Dahlia killer. No the what? kidding. The, the what? Really? what? 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 The oh, Black yeah. Dahlia killer. Wait, wow. what? Who John Houston was friends with the Black Dahlia killer and didn't he did not know this? 
They were really good friends. They were really tight. They, Who's I the Black Dahlia Killer? Explain the Black Dahlia Killer. Fa- the, the Black Dahlia uh, murders were very famous murders in the 40s, I think. 45, 46. Yep. And, Girl was cut in half and yep. put in a parking lot. Yep. Yep. And, and, uh, and it was never, ever solved. Never solved. Yep. And they thought it was Man Ray who was – because Man Ray was friends with John Houston. John mm-hmm. Houston was a big – he knew everybody. He was yeah, a big he was a partier, very famous film director. Like, big partier, yeah. big, like crazy. But mm-hmm. and he was. I loved his work. Yeah. But he uh, apparently he was really good friends with his surgeon. I think. Don't quote me, but I think they swapped well, wives. Of course, he was recorded. I, oh, <laughs> don't I quote me. Fuck I think they swapped wives at right. one point. Right, they right, switched right. their wives for a couple of years. And um, I don't think the wives were into it too much, but they would swap their wives. Now, if you go down Franklin Boulevard, okay? In Hollywood. Yep, in Hollywood. Birds. Um, and then you see the restaurant? Frank Lloyd Wright Jr. house where it's covered with – it looks like a Frank Lloyd Wright and it looks like a shark coming at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly That's what you're talking about. That's the surgeon's home. He built no – Frank Jr. built it for the surgeon. Oh. And now there's a famous book about that where the guy figured out that possibly – Maybe it was my father. Mm-hmm. That's where he grew up. Oh, that's crazy. Very interesting. And they swap what? Now, so the thing is, Man Ray I know because I knew somebody when I was in an acting class 15 years ago that lived in the apartment where Man Ray lived on um, Vine. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Sinatra was the neighbor and they didn't get along. That's right. like a show itself. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, but right, he right. knew – but he was very connected. But the thing is there was a lot of that kind of – the Black Dahlia is a big thing. Yeah, which is, I mean, uh, it's weird because all of this stuff has such a weird. Uh... Crazy LA story. You mm-hmm. ready? About uh, 10 years ago. Can I tell this story or are we on a time? Right. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Jesus. I'm, so I'm going to uh, a Starbucks in Hollywood and this guy comes up and he's like, Eric. And I said, Yeah. Oh my God. And I recognized him. I used to be a PA in the early 90s for mm-hmm. directors, Joe Pitka and so forth in New York yeah, where, yeah, I was, yeah. where I was going to grad school. and yeah. I love your Pitka stories. And I worked for Stan, <laughs> Stan Schofield who wrote a letter for me for school. I love Stan. He's great. And he was a commercial director and we worked for him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I live out here now. And I forget this guy's name or – yeah. anyway, the point is – He's, I was like, where do you live? He asked me. And I said, right over here before I moved to my house by Larchmont. And then I said, where do you live? He's like, I live over by the 101 Diner. And I was like, I know that. That's very frankly. He's like, I live in the Black Dahlia Girls apartment. No, man. And nice. I was like, oh, okay. I know that story. He's like, I see her sometimes. I was oh, like, man. oh. I do not want to have that ghost. That would be a I horrible was like, ghost. Wow. I – Actually, believe in that stuff. Are we right. back to Poltergeist again? It's no. Poltergeist too. No, he's like, yeah, side. I've seen her standing the in the doorway sometimes, <laughs> going to the kitchen and just looking at me. I was like, oh, okay, oh that was God. very tragic. What happened to her? I'm sorry. And I was like, we talked a bit, and I never saw him again. But the point is, that was her place. Oh my God, it's hard. But I, yeah. the Hollywood history stuff of that is crazy. It's so because spooky. when you it's see so the carcass, her body on the ground. Yeah, surgically cut in half yeah. and put in a parking lot. Nineteen forty-six. Yeah. yeah, it's terrifying. That's Can you believe imagery. the terror that went through the community yeah. on that? I mean, it was insane. Like yeah. her arms, like a man ray actually photo actually was split and pulled apart and delicately placed next to it with perfect circles, and then the waist cut in half perfectly and separated five inches from the rest of the body. 
It's, uh, yeah, it's and then truly, surgical truly X's at certain awful. points that are symmetrical going up. Right. Yeah, good, no, it was crazy, dude. Right. But he was good friends. So I actually think for some for for a Polanski, I think there was some typecasting. <laughs> oh well, yeah, and certainly. I mean, now this is now uh, this is also post uh, Sharon Tate's murder, right? Absolutely. This yeah. is seventy three. They shot it, right? And he, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So like, there's they like these. He's Polanski's. Obviously, Polanski has a uh, has a crazed history of just across the board. But like the most chilling thing is that his wife Sharon Tate. The people will see this when they see Tarantino's movie uh, this uh, this summer. But his wife, after Sharon Tate was murdered by Charles Manson's cult, uh, in a, in in the most horrible way. And, and the then, Folger heir. In the what? It's the like, Folger heir. The, one of the Folger heiresses. Oh yeah. Was oh yeah. There. Okay. Yes. And yes, also yes. the guy that they think I think they based shampoo on the hairstylist oh, yeah. that became really um, uh, he was a prominent hairstylist for Sharon Tate and other celebrities yeah. in the late '60s right. in Hollywood. He was there too. And Cary Grant apparently almost was going to stop by and no say hi. No kidding. Oh, yeah, because they were actually at El Coyote, which I lived right behind. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. That yeah, was absolutely. And, in West but, Hollywood. Uh yeah, Beverly. Beverly, Beverly, Beverly yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, well, it's, it's right by the uh, by Tarantino's Theater, as a matter of fact. I re- yeah, the you'd always see his car yeah. out there. And I remember when they bought it and re- remodeled it and so yeah, forth. Yeah, it used to be an old porno theater before. That's right. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. But it's definitely – I think it was brilliant to use him because he's got – he brings – it's like Rickles in Casino. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to have a lot of lines, but you, he lives there. I understand yeah. it. Yeah. And it's, there is that underlying kind of – yeah, there's a spooky history. The whole movie is loaded with spooky history, you know, and like it's, it's like weird because, like, I mean, like uh, also, I mean, we talked about we've talked about this many times. So, like, uh, uh, you know, uh, Polanski's all uh, shenanigans and why he's not allowed to come back to the country. Like that also involves Jack Nicholson. Like Jack Nicholson is the one who organized the. Uh, uh, the last I heard, I don't know. I don't know if this is true, but uh, like I believe that it's Jack Nicholson was organized uh, the the meeting between Polanski and uh, and um, the the people that with which he became famous for um, leaving the country for anyway that stuff it's all gross um, but uh, that that's all mixed up together and it all informs the watching of Chinatown because Polanski is also in it so you have Polanski is kind of a yeah. creepy scumbag in real life <laughs> his, his wife heard- was tragically murdered. What happens in this movie is completely upsetting and freaky. Like all, it's impossible to not watch this movie with both things that happened before and things that happened after it, infusing the movie with it. Also, the 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 actors in this, like all the side characters, are all famous. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Like everyone down to the coroner. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All these Every guys. Yep. one of them. Yeah. Or the the but the 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 Asian butler guy yep. Who, yep. who who was also famous yeah. and uh uh what's the guy's name at the beginning of the movie uh plays curly curly yeah yeah, yeah all these guys are major character actors major character actors, character actors. Yeah, all over the place it's jam-packed the whole thing i is have like- this thing about polanski because you know like it's very disturbed like polanski is <laughs> polanski is the opposite of a tom hanks right like right. he is he is he is oh, ultimately the creep. creepiest thing around yeah. but he makes movies that make you like yeah, he's a deal with this he's stuff. A, he's a he's an utterly brilliant filmmaker. Like there's just yes. no two ways around that. It's really hard to deal with that. Yeah, well it's uh, as like, a creative person who's like who loves filmmaking is like yeah. I don't like everything I, I would never want to go on a canoe trip with 
Roman yeah, Polanski, like, but I ha- cannot ignore the f- like and the same thing. Like Picasso is a fantastic painter, but he's a f- complete asshole, <laughs> horrible now, misogynist, he, misogynist right. and all this stuff. No. Like and and Polanski is much worse. Like yeah. the same thing with being you know like uh, Bill Cosby, right? right. Like. Oh yeah, Bill Cosby show, great show. Suddenly, like, oh no, right. he's a so, horrible rapist. Well, it's, it's an interesting. We've talked about this yeah, many like, times. It's, so. a, it's an interesting difference, like because I mean, like you know, to sort of sum up what we talk about all the time is like, you know, we uh, we often get into on this podcast about like, you know, don't let the uh, like the art is not the artist, you know, and like, I, right. you know, and so like I, which is. Uh, you know, my my point of view is like you know, but it is, it is a little bit in this film. Well, the thing is, I mean, it, like it's how much like how much you choose to let something be a part of whether you can like want to experience it or not is entirely up to you. I mean, like, and it's all valid. Like, if you don't want to watch sure. uh, Roman Polanski movies because he's a, you know he is he's done horrible things, then then that's Chris. absolutely the right thing to do. Um, but at the same time, if uh, you know you do want to watch Roman Polanski movies because they're incredible movies, that is also, I think, a valid thing to do. Uh, but that being said, Roman Polanski himself, you know, his creepiness infuses this movie very deeply, like from soup to nuts. And, sure. Uh, and it is part of the effectiveness of the movie that I know that he is a creep. You know, like it sort of doubles it down a little bit. Like I know the history of Roman Polanski. I know what he's done. Like he's actually like, unlike other people where it's like, you know, like Woody Allen, you can argue whether he's done something or not. Um, but Roman Polanski, you can't actually argue it. He he is, he admitted guilt to sleeping with 13 year old after drugging her. Right. And, uh, and so he's a, he's a, he's a, he, and he's like, I think that he, like if he had paid his, you know, debt to, that family and that and then that woman um and to society and america and the united states by going to jail for it then you should forgive the guy if he's changed his ways but the fact that you just won't even come back to the country to face what's going on is kind of gross to me like i think because he still is gross he's he's that's how it is i mean like i don't know anything else about the guy but as that, a person that one, as a per- okay that's the thing, right? Right. I. It's really hard to separate that. Sure. Because he is he is a gross person. Right. Now this is but, not, this is not a violent crime, and uh, it was all uh, arranged by people involved with it. Uh, it's still a disgusting crime, right? And well, the, uh, and, your question about whether it's violent or not is 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 yeah. It doesn't make any difference. I mean, like, I it right, is, are you it okay, is, Eric? I'm okay. All right. It is, you, you, like, there you go. It is like it's not a violent crime. I mean, what I mean by not a violent crime, I mean it's not like, it, like he is not a a uh, physically unethical. Crime. Uh, yeah, of course. No, he's, he's not like he's not beating someone. He rapes a thirteen-year-old. Like, not, like yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm just uh, to, to clarify. Like, there's a like I would have a little bit more sympathy for say, a, if this movie were made by someone who lost their mind and then stabbed someone to death. Like I would have a little bit more sympathy for that than I do for this guy doing what he did. Because if someone loses their mind and in a fit of rage stabs someone to death, it's horrifying and terrible. But that's something I can sort of understand. Whereas like I can't really understand what Polanski did and he's never really come to face the music on it. So as much as I know about him, which is only this and his work, I don't want to know the guy. That's that's the end of it. Like I don't know anything else about him. I'm not interested sure. in knowing him as a person. Uh, that so like I don't I don't have any. I guess like my feeling is like this is he is not a 
real person to me in terms of like but, someone that okay. I know. Now, let, now let's take this in a different way for because I think this is a, a, a story that we need to discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, art, there's a lot of amazing art done by incredible but, artists. Yep. Uh, who that, are terrible people. Who are terrible people. Sure. Right? Caravaggio. Yep. Might have murdered a couple of people. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. They had it coming. <laughs> hey man, but but people. It's but, it's okay. Look at that painting. But it's people no, go, paint like my that, God, okay. this is a beautiful painting. It's right. painted by Caravaggio, and people will pay millions for it. Right. But because a couple hundred years have passed, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. So will you do the same for Polanski this, this in terms of filmmaking? Is that, that's the thing. Is that like the like there 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 are artists who we know and love now who will later be recognized as terrible people for whatever they have secretly done. We don't, which we don't know. Like, right. And then suddenly you're like, I can't believe that so and so did this and thus and so. Like, uh, I mean, I think it sounds like, oh, you know what, Caravaggio actually, you know, was actually a murderer. So now we but have to I, like tear down all the frescoes to, in his yeah, churches. Yeah, we have to throw away all this stuff. Oh, go ahead. But I think what will resonate and define us as people or humans in 200 years is that the idea and the concept of preying upon somebody who is young, right. vulnerable sexually, yeah. is a lot different than getting in a fight with a, a gay lover. Or getting in a fight with oh, yeah, somebody yeah, on a beach, right. you know, of your age in a I mean, knife fight. Right. They're both murder, or right. they're both. But the point yeah. is, in time, you still look upon somebody who's a pedophile as a pedophile. Yeah, I mean, like, like the thing is, I mean, like, there's, there's like, a ton of pedophiles. Yeah. Well, I know. I'm not just saying. I'm not defending pedophiles. <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> but I'm, I'm saying, saying, like, you know, like, Aristotle. You're was not a pedophile, and we like base a lot of our philosophy on this. I know, but this you still the, look down upon that. Right. And 200 so, years from now, hopefully, we still look down upon that. But Caravaggio, I think, because he wasn't labeled as that, right, he was right. labeled it in, in a different way. Right. I don't think he's going to have the same lens. Well, he, like here's the well, here's the deal. Is that like here's here's my point of view on it. It's like, and uh, how can I? It's like um, the. I think it's inevitable that uh, uh, people who are contemporary in your mind, uh, you sort of experience them as people that are part of your particular life and journey in some way. Like, you know, like Bill Cosby is part of my life in a way, right? Like I grew up laughing at 200 miles an hour. It's an awesome album and all this kind of stuff. Yep. Um, and so I feel like because of that, I felt sort of like a personal connection to Bill Cosby. Turns out I don't know Bill Cosby in the slightest. The actual Bill Cosby is a rapist and is a terrible person, uh, at least as far as I understand that to be true. And I believe sure. he was convicted of this stuff, uh, or at least he's, you know, like the evidence is very, very hard, you know, hard against him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and it does, and like, it's inevitable that that's going to influence my view of ever listening to those albums again. Like I can sort of appreciate those things technically for the skill with which he did them, but it's hard to think things are funny when you go, yeah, well, he's also a terrible person like this, right? The weird thing with like, so you look at Chinatown, Roman Polanski and Roman Polanski's films, Roman Polanski's films are all creepy, all of them. And so the fact that like he does have an influence on how I perceive his art, it's just the same as Bill Cosby, but it's a little bit easier for me to continue to enjoy the art because 
the movies are intended to be creepy in the first place. So it doesn't really change the tone. So it makes it an easier thing for me to sort of like – to like. And so, so you're saying basically because Bill Cosby has a persona of something wholesome – because the joke, it's more, jokes, it, it's harder for you to digest the fact that he's a racist. Yeah, so like, and I mean rapist, this, like so I mean, but because Roman Polanski has a creepy vibe, it it's easier it for you to say, yeah, well, film. it makes sense that he's right. a rapist. So, no, based I mean, on his I mean, films. I mean no, I'm not saying anything. I, I don't said. like this. No, well. I know. I'm saying this self critically. I, mean, I understand like, that. Okay. And so, like, I'm, I'm, uh, it is easier for me to go, I, I can still watch Chinatown no matter what I know about Roman Polanski because Chinatown is not a like it's not a light jokey comedy it's a a really intense creepy thing yeah so now and i like i said i mean that self-critically what it does reveal however right is that that um uh both of these things you know say bill cosby's 200 miles an hour album and chinatown right are like these are works of art right and uh yes and uh if Someone finds, you know, the uh, the album 200 Miles an Hour a thousand years from now and still understands its context but doesn't know who Bill Cosby is, it will be tremendously funny again to that person. Like, because the history of Bill Cosby-ness has been stripped from it, right? Sure. And the effect on uh, the listener is, like, art is revealing, when you experience art, it is revealing of yourself. It's not revealing of anything else. Like, there's nothing else that's happening. It's you and your experience that is making that work for you. It doesn't, there's no way for other people to make me enjoy art. Like art, I look at something, I have an emotional response to it. That is mine. Art is like, when I look at art, it's me. Like it isn't Roman Polanski. It isn't Bill Cosby. It's myself examining myself. Or do you also point out and say that this person allowed me to see that? No. Okay. Yeah, like I think that like art has nothing to do like for me like the the creator of something is just another audience member, right? Well, but when the, but if they say oh that like that guy's a genius filmmaker, yeah. But like say for instance, yeah, like like the thing is, man, like if someone like if 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 for instance we'll, we'll take it down a notch and not and go to sort of the opposite of uh, the Roman Polanski experience, like if it turned out that um, say the guy that directed Roma, uh, like like if tapes came out saying. Oh, I fucking hated me. I, I duped all those people anyway, and I don't actually even – I don't believe any of the stuff that I was uh, trying to sell. And I just knew it would sell tickets. Like, would that diminish how Roma makes me feel? No. Like, it doesn't matter what that filmmaker thinks or feels or who he is or who she is at all, actually, as regards the art and me. Like, the art is – is a is a tool for me to dig around within myself and what I believe. I think so, – uh, you just could a, not – he could – that is such a sincere film, though. There's no way you can dial that in. I don't. I don't know. I think. I mean, like at least I can't be. I can't be. I can't be sure. And certainly, like there are plenty of people that like have uh, you know, perpetrated scams of all kinds. That like like oh that you know like they're trying to dupe you. And if you have a, an emotional and good response to something that to that person is a lie, but you have an honest right. experience. I'm going to go. Honest experience gonna, is your honest experience. I'm going to go. I, I'm going to go uh, with Annie Hall. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. 
Right. Okay, so Annie Hall, in Annie Hall, he's sitting in the line for the movie theater and he listens to someone going on and on. Would you believe this? Yes. <laughs> Mark from McClue and I can't understand. It's like, I just want a large sock of manure. It's just <laughs> best. Well, you know nothing so, of my work. <laughs> okay. This is, that is actually, okay, let, 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 okay. Actually you guys are already way ahead of right. our audience. Right. And so we should listen. So basically, in a scene in Annie Hall, he is sitting in line with them and he hears someone in front spewing off facts about someone that he disagrees with. Right. And he realizes, like, I know more about this information than anyone else, right. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And so he says, I wish I just had the ability to bring the author here to tell this guy he's full of shit. Right. 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 And he does that. Just pulls it, them off screen. Sort of pulls them off screen. Right. It's like, you know nothing of my work, blah, 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 And basically shuts this guy down right. because he feels like, bam, wouldn't, done. wouldn't life be great if it, just, if it, was, if it was like uh, this? this. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Basically <laughs> right. like that. But the fact is once the artist has delivered the work – the artist is no longer there. The, the, like this, well, yeah. Like for this, that's what I mean. It's like the formerly the, known is there. Yeah, the the, the, the emotional experience. Of, so the fact is, Woody Allen is wrong in that fact. The guy has a completely no, well, valid opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, absolutely true. Like the guy's, in, you know, like the guy's obviously portrayed as a as a dope, right? And it's like the in in the line, like he pulls, you know, Woody Allen pulls Marshall McLuhan out to to right. to, to but, to you but it's also like that's a fantasy sequence. In yes. which it's a fantasy Mar- – it is Marshall McLuhan in actuality. Yes. But like it's a fantasy Marshall McLuhan because Woody Allen is just enacting his own frustration um, against people that talk pedantically in line at the movies, right? right. But you are correct that like that guy's welcome to whatever he thinks about that thing. Like whatever he thinks about uh, Marshall sure. McLuhan's work, you know, that's what he thinks about Marshall McLuhan's work. doesn't make any difference. Like the thing is that like the, the – there's no – there's no right or wrong way to receive art. If it's meaningful to you, it's meaningful to you. And it doesn't matter where it came from or what it like anything about it. Like the, the, uh, like with something like, uh, Chinatown, like, uh, if you don't know that Roman Polanski is a, uh, a, is a, a criminal pedophile, right? The movie is still, is one of the great movies ever made. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, it is that because, when you watch it, uh, it is a tool that you unearth these feelings in uh, yourself with. That's what art does. Art is a tool for you to do this, right? And then you find out later that Roman Polanski, the guy who made it, is a scumbag, right? You can't unhave that experience. Like it was meaningful and remains meaningful that you had it because you found something within yourself by watching it, right? Now, uh, the, the truth of it is that, say, with Bill Cosby, like, made me laugh my ass off, tremendous comedian, uh, when I didn't know that he was a rapist, right? But I know he's a rapist now, and because, uh, because of that, I can't – I'm not in the mood to think his jokes are funny because I'm thinking – all I can think about is he's a terrible person. So that is a – like, that is – I have included – Bill Cosby, the person, into my experience of the art, right? Like, right. and I can't separate them in my heart, like, and I can't, right? And uh, 
Uh, and Especially so I, as a comedian, absolutely. Like, this is what, this is why I brought it before. It's like because it's it's really clear. Comedians are very personal, right. right? And uh, and so it it spoils. It's like no matter. No, it doesn't matter that I don't actually know Bill Cosby. All I can think about is these. You know, like these terrible ideas and imagery. When I listen to his stuff, so I can't listen to his. But stuff. okay, that doesn't make me know Bill Cosby any better than I did sure. before. Like, yeah. it's just that now I'm thinking of imagery that taints the experience. And so now I can't have that experience anymore. So I completely. But with Polanski, because his movies are creepy and he happens to have done creepy it, things, it's easier to digest. Well, yes, that's absolutely true. I'm not, I'm not, I'm trying to not let myself off easy on this. Or is it just, it doesn't surprise me. Well, yeah, you, I mean, like, it's you, true. There's no right. contradiction there. Like, I can't, like, I don't, like, uh, I, there are and people. So, it's like, it's like, oh, I, I watched a movie about rape by a rapist. I mean, it's like. Well, this is, this is the thing, right? It's not like, I uh, like. <laughs> Here's, here's the quickly. Let's yeah. just back. I'm just on. trying. I'm Hold just trying second. to, Chris. Just, Chris, yeah. you, right now though, and uh, we're partners here. But I said you are like Giddis in a sense because the, what you're saying is that's cool. You're Giddis. Like that's not right. But what what really happens? I'm not condoning it, but I'm right. just saying to to it exists. And, sure, right, and right, there's right. no way like I well I have by to, putting up that Giddis barrier. Right. Well this is exactly this is what I mean, is that like the the uh like the reason why I why I picked that and say like, you know, like the fact is it makes it easier because Roman like Roman Polanski's crime is gross. The grossness of it doesn't taint Chinatown because Chinatown is gross, right? And now I know that makes me sound bad for saying it and saying that I like Chinatown and it sort of like it it has this effect on the movie. Mm-hmm. But the fact is like I I believe that's truthful for people who like Chinatown. I don't believe that people can wholly separate horrible stuff uh, 100% of the time from their from the experience. And I think, I mean, like as much as you might, like I can do it easy with Caravaggio because that's a long time ago and not connected to me in any way. Right. Right. And so like, so it, it, that makes it or easier for me. if you me. can paint like that. It's okay. Yeah, like oh, I, yeah, I told like, you that thing. Like my mother always used to say, well, not always, but she would say, like a Sinatra with a voice like Sinatra, he can be in the mob. It's okay, right? And yeah, it's right. like I and guess, like, I guess well, so. That's you're okay. That's what I'm getting at, right? It's my like, father would be are like, we he was just in the mob? Are we like, just basically like there? I. <laughs> I had a real hard time because I, I think it was Whoopi Goldberg on The View or whatever got a big. Yeah, that's that's a problem right there. Don't watch The View. I understand. The view? What are you doing? I understand. Jesus. Joey Behar. But this like- is actually this is what I'm getting at is like and and I can't believe I'm quoting this, but like there was some big backlash on 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 the news about right. like Whoopi Goldberg defending Roman Polanski because he's such a great artist. We should forgive him for sleeping with a 13 year old after drugging her. Is that the idea? I don't know exactly if she said that, but yeah. that's the way that Fox yeah. News portrayed it. Like, right? like, like, the th- the, here's 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 my answer to that. Like, like, you should never put yourself in a position to defend a pedophile. Like, that's bad news, unless you're a lawyer. <laughs> like, like, if you're trying, okay, to, okay, you're okay. Trying to make, uh, okay, okay, but let's okay. That's trying to, that's, let's just put it. I want to put a hard line in the sand here, right. which is hard. Mm. Uh, pun intended, but um, you should not defend a pedophile, mm-hmm. but you should defend a piece of art. Art, absolutely. And, and this is this is what I'm this is what I mean to say. Like I'm like I know like I want uh, like I'm the way I'm trying to say it uh, is only relates to myself. 
But, and I know that it, uh, to some people, this makes me look terrible, but the fact is that, um, the way that I look at art is art is, uh, like I said, a tool for investigating the self, right? That's the whole idea of it. Once you've made a piece of art and put it out there, it is a tool to do that thing. And no matter what you think as the creator of the art, what you think it means or whatever your motivations were for making it or whatever it is, doesn't matter at all. Yeah, but the thing right? is that contradicts so much of what painting at least is and filmmaking in the 20th century because it like Picasso, uh, honestly, half his stuff is shit to me. Mm -hmm. Blue and pink period rock. Yeah. But yeah. a lot of it is just like, okay, it's redundant and it's, it's, I don't know, it's just, it just repeats itself and it's, it's, it, there's a catch to it. Right. And I'm aware of the catch or the hook. And, but it's still, everything is associated with the brand name of Picasso. Sure. Right. So it's hard to separate the art work from the branded name. Oh, without that. Like, that's what, that's what so when like, you're talking about being separated from the actual creator, part of the 20th century, like directors, is the whole idea of just the creator right. is and, this. And the thing is, I mean, I, and I don't, like, I don't think that there's anything wrong with doing that. I do it all the time. Like the story of like, I don't know, say like the, the story of uh, 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 Matt Damon and Ben Affleck making Goodwill Hunting, like is part of the charm of Goodwill Hunting. Like, I mean, that's, that's like, that is a story that is part of that story, right? And it's framed along with it most of the time when, you, when people talk about it. It also happens to be a good movie outside of that story. But that story has been sort of woven together with the movie itself, and that's the package you receive, right? That's the story that you're, accept, that, that you're receiving and you have feelings about. Right. But that is a, it is a, I guess this is what I'm coming down to is that is a, it is a story, right? The, if you look at a piece of art, right. And you have, and for whatever reason, you know, look at, look at uh, Warhol's electric chair, right? Uh, like disaster series is his best stuff he ever did. It's incredible. Like when I saw, when I saw it, I like, I was, I was totally stunned. I was like, like it really, he ripped me. that off from Ouija. Dude, it is like this is like I I didn't I knew zero context of this yeah. thing. Yeah. And the I best was best shit he ever did. And I was th totally emotionally thrilled by it. Period, right? That response is mine only. It has nothing to do with anything to do with Andy Warhol or anything. It doesn't have, I, I know no context. I looked at it and I I was emotionally thrilled by it. That's only me. And anybody else who like someone else can look at it and say that's shit and stupid, whatever it is, and they're having their experience. So having a having more or less of a story attached to that may, may thrill me more, or it may depress me more, or whatever it is. But it's the story that's in front of me. Whatever is happening is me. Like when I'm looking at the art, I can't have somebody else's experience. I'm having my no, experience. No, but you're looking at the experience presented by Picasso. You're it's, looking at the experience right. presented by Warhol. Right. And, and so now you associate but that experience you have if, with the creator. If you, because do, that's if the you do not know who those people are when you see their work, you can still have an emotional experience. But it's hard to see that. It's hard. Film it, well, to, to, in filmmaking, it's very hard, specifically because uh, our, our filmmaking is so brand, branded on well, celebrity. And it's, and it's also well, it's like, like, it's oh, a number, this like, is a, unlike, unlike, say, a painting, uh, right? It's like, oh, like this is the latest Tom Cruise film, this right. is the latest Tom Absolutely Hanks true. film, whatever. Like, you, you, like, people have a negative reaction to seeing a Tom Cruise film because they don't like Absolutely Tom Cruise true. as a whatever, person. Whatever like, the context is, It's interesting is that you point out, guys, because if, if you look at some of the things that the trends of what people like in terms of art, Mm -hmm. recently but 
it's more the stuff that's like fonts and right. old where there's no name associated with that artist because it was part of either a trade, a craft, or it's anonymous. It's not like Andy Warhol's work. Right, right, right. And it's not blue chip art. It's like, but there's something from that you get. And it's an anonymous kind of Well, the thing is that like the uh, the actual response that you're having whenever you look at whatever it is, whether it's a font or whether it's Chinatown or whether it's, you know, Caravaggio or whatever the hell it is, like – the what the experience you're having is your own period like that's it and if the the context for instance like of knowing picasso and all the rest of his work or whether he's a misogynist asshole like that is also if you know it it's also part of your experience the experience that you're having is yours like it can't be anybody else's what you know or think about roman polanski is part of the experience of that you're having it isn't Roman Polanski's experience. Roman Polanski will be dead sometime soon, and I will still have the same experience with Chinatown. In a thousand years, people will still have the same experience with Chinatown. Roman Polanski will have been blown away to dust. Doesn't make any difference. The experience is your own and in your own heart. And so, like when, if people are like, for instance, like uh, if uh, if people like, I have a friend who's like, I I will never watch Chinatown because Roman Polanski is a scumbag, and I think that. If that's how that person feels, and this is true, then they should absolutely not watch Chinatown. Like that is like that is their that is their experience. They don't want to do that. But that's, whole, that's also like saying us. it's like I will not watch. I, I will not study philosophy because Plato was a pedophile. You, and it, but the things you are like you are absolutely. If someone says that and feels it, then they're absolutely welcome to feel that way. I'm not going to get on them about feeling that way. That's no, how they feel. That's fine, right? Like, but I'm just saying, like, like, it's like it's not for me. To, that's actually, not for me to judge I actually whatsoever. Just thought maybe it's the prosecco, but I actually just thought of something. I actually think that end scene mm-hmm. with Nicholson, because the thing about uh, Chinatown with me, and literally, I think it's close to forty times. Mm-hmm. It's like a, um, it's just like a appeals back for me. Like mm-hmm. every time, yeah. I'm always like, huh. I never – it's like there's certain movies and certain pieces of art. When you watch it again or you experience like a Caravaggio, um, the um, – in a, anyway, there's a church in Rome that has an old Caravaggio in it that I used to go to a lot. But the point is that Nicholson at the end where they escort him off right. and said, forget about it, Jake. It's just Chinatown. You should watch The Funeral of Sharon Tate yeah. because they're carrying him. Right, right. The same way. I and just he, realized that doing at that. the yeah, Century sure. City, or there's a uh, over by. So you think that that is yeah, it's him, that is autobiographical. Yeah. I just right. thought of it right now. Well, right. Dan, Dan, yeah, Dan was still, talking, yeah. but I felt like there was a hopelessness Absolutely. about, uh, like a helplessness. He can't, he there's, can't, there's can't control no for somebody who's in control. I can't control the way things that I wanted them to be, even though I'm brilliant and right. I can control. And that helplessness right. is at the end. And if you look at the funeral pictures, I think it's Steve McQueen helping him or, right. or Lee Marvin or right. somebody's helping carry him with a guy in a dark suit and he's weeping and can barely hold and they have both arms and lifting him away from the grave. Right. And it was like, wow, that's, I just realized that is just like the end of Chinatown. Yeah, Chinatown. Yeah. I mean, the, the, and the thing is, man, that to me, like regardless – what if it's cathartic to him? Absolutely, and then it shows up. But like then, then that and now, not, now putting it on film him. allows him to divorce himself from that situation. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, now it's here's art. the deal: That's, the it's success. How he makes art. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I, but imagine I think, if I mean, the like film I, was not a success, would mm-hmm. he have been with that girl? Yeah, well, I, I, like I think 
Okay. To, to, so to in speak, a way, we're just as guilty. Well, the thing is, to speak specifically right, I about- I got to use the restroom. Oh, hit it. That, that's oh. incredible, Chris. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, I, mean, I, I can't because we guys have been going for an hour and I had to pee for so long. All How right, long has it been? It. All right. Uh, well, not too long. An hour 40. All right. Go pee. Go pee. But yeah, the-, the, the, the God, you sounded like a grandmother just then. <laughs> go pee. I'll pee. I'll pee. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's the thing. Is like, I mean, I think that that's actually like that's that's really quite sad and beautiful. Like that's like uh, the idea that that's the that's the thing that he's cathartically expunging through the movie, which like, he never does, though. But in the end, he never does. Right, and the, that the like that is you know from the point of view of being an artist, you know, like which we all are here, like like the. Like, that is what you should do. That's your do, responsibility. Do you think if you look at, like, Knife in the Water and Rosemary's Baby, it's all about – it's what he created, that tension and that um, that evil. Mm-hmm. And then after, it's like, I got to get it out of me because it's in me. Yeah. I can like, – I think that there's – Do you know like, what I'm saying? I was creating yeah. that from my genius. Right. Now, my genius is finding a way to get this shit to, out to, of me to, because yeah. I cannot forget her. Absolutely. And the thing is, I mean, and, and I do agree with you, like, you know, like there's a, like there's a perfectly reasonable chance that like maybe he, like he, he doesn't, uh, you know, uh, you know, rape this girl and all this other stuff if Tate hadn't been killed. I don't know. I mean, there's no way to know that. Um, but there is a perfectly realistic, uh, sympathetic or empathetic anyway, not sympathetic, but an empathetic way to look at Polanski's life and career. And the only way in which I am like... Uh, like if I were to know Roman Polanski as an actual person in my life, like I would be much more empathic towards his situation. Um, even if he were a real, like a, a, a like an unrepentant, horrible jerk about it, uh, I think it's right to practice empathy and forgiveness. But I do not know him. He is not an like, and I, I, and I don't mean this in any negative way. He, in my life is not a person. He is a story. Like, I understand he's physically an actual person who has his own personal relationships, and people feel about... People are close to him that have their own personal feelings about a real person. But I have never met him. I only know of him through various media stories, and I've seen the evidence of his films. Now, like, I can't... If I, if I pretend to have a real emotional relationship with some, this person, then it's going to... Like, I, it's not even possible. I don't know him. But do you want to? No. No, I don't. No, like, no, I just don't Hold on a second. Even if he didn't do what he did, a lot of the time... I would be happy to meet him, but I don't know him. You know, I don't have any other feelings about him. That's right. I mean, there's so many artists that I've respected over the years that I've met and encountered, and very mm-hmm. few of them I liked leaving. Right. right. Because I'm like, ugh, I didn't need to do that. Because, he was kind uh, of a douche. Yeah, because the thing is that like the, the the beauty of somebody's art is very few. Keith was the only one that I was like, oh, that, yeah. This is the, this is the thing, dude. Is like I am I'm generally like I'm always like I, if I meet someone who is an artist and I love their work and they're also a really nice person, then that adds to the positive feeling I have about their work and it's wonderful, right? If I meet them and they're in, and they're a total jackass, it doesn't really affect my view of the of the art because. I just go, well, you know, hey, people are jackasses. I don't really know that guy. But I certainly love this album, or I know whatever it is. With Polanski, his crime is so ridiculous and so gross that if you were to ask me if I wanted to meet Roman Polanski, I'd be like, I'm not terribly interested in meeting someone like that. No. Like, I wish him well as a human. But Do you? Like, I don't, I'll, uh, here's my honest opinion, is I don't actually care about him. I don't know him. 
I don't know him at all. There's nothing for me to say about him outside of I don't know him. Like, if you were to ask me, uh, sort of, like, objectively, you know, if you were to say, let me put this crime in front of you and tell me, and ask me what you think, like, here's a person that uh, drugged this girl and had sex with her, and the mom maybe arranged it and all this other stuff, I'd be like, that's fucking disgusting, and I don't really want to know anybody involved in anything like this. I don't, as a matter of fact. I don't know them. And so, like, for me to have to assume a personal relationship with him is silly. The the point I'm making is, like, it's very hard for me because I really love Roman Polanski films because I think they are they bring out a lot of interesting questions about personality and, yes. and everything else. Right. So, like, I want to see Roman Polanski films. I applaud Roman Polanski. They're films, brilliant, and I think they're brilliant. Yeah. I think they're some of the they, most they, interesting uh, deep dives into human psyche. Right. right. But I don't want to see Roman Polanski as a person. Like, right? a shit? Same thing with Woody Allen. Right. I love Woody Allen films. Yeah. A lot of people don't like Woody Allen films, right. but I love them. Right. And no, I don't want to go on a canoe trip with Woody Allen. I, 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 not again. Not after last time. But yeah. like, like this, this is the thing, dude. It's like th- these are – oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, you know, knowing what he went through, I, I, there's, I'm not giving him a pass. I, I, you know, you can think he, I, I am, but I'm not, not. giving Caravaggio no, no, a pass or no, 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 no. Plato a pass either. No, but what I'm or Michelangelo saying, or Da Vinci or anyone else that <laughs> created some that. weird shit that went yeah. on. Right. But I but just think saying. if I was him, I probably would have just off myself after that. Well, and yeah. for me, well, it's like it's almost like everything subsequently. Yeah, why does is, that even matter? Well, the point is, I'm not. It's not an excuse for his actions. It's just that. There's something else. What he went through was horrific with his right. child as well. Oh, it's terrible. He was like he was doomed to right. just be. And so he gave himself a pass because I'm right. doomed. Sure. And the thing is, I mean, like, uh, this is now, this is the way I look at it. Uh, Roman Polanski, everything I know about Roman Polanski and his story, right, is a story. I don't know him. He's not a personal friend of mine. I've never met him and I will never meet him, right? So all my feelings about him are sort of academic you know i can look at it if i want an emotional involvement with him i can think about his life as a story and say like if i were to look at this empathetically if i were in his position i would feel this terrible loss and it may drive me crazy in this way and i may do these awful things that may be true that's the story version of it maybe that's it i there may be there are people that i have known and i've certainly you know i've done fucking jerky shit in my life you know, no, no, not it's you. It's not possible. But like the, you know, like uh, that I I believe deeply in empathy and forgiveness. And if uh, someone in my life were to do something like what Roman Polanski did, if I found out that about someone that I knew and cared for, then I would hope that I would be – the person that I would want to be is the person who forgives that person. Like I would want to say like that is – like. That is a horrible thing that you have done, but uh, in, that doesn't diminish the fact that I care about you. But I, I, you know, I hope that that you are that you recover from this. That everyone involved recovers from this. That you uh, are forgiven. You forgive yourself, and that I would have the strength to forgive you, no matter how awful you know an act an act this was. Like that would be the person I would hope to be. I don't know if I would be that person. I've never. Experienced I, I actually like that. was in line at Starbucks with a, a, a guy who I won't say his name. I'll tell you after. Mm-hmm. 
who was a comedian mm-hmm. and he was a, in a pedophile thing mm-hmm. and he walked in behind me at Starbucks about 15 years ago in Hollywood mm-hmm. and everybody turned to him and like uh, like Scarlet Letter yeah yeah and it was so uncomfortable with everybody because we was in the Hasidic was neighborhood was he in Amadeus no uh, but he was in a lot of uh Tim, he was in the Tim Burton movie. I think I know who you're talking about. And mm. I turned to him because everybody was looking at him, and it was a Hasidic neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like I was with him. I just said, I thought you were a really great actor in so-and-so movie. Right, right. And he's like, thank you very much. And right. I was like – and I just turned around. Right. I just felt like I needed to – I didn't condone what he did. But it, I also – has nothing that has – But I also was like – it's time to repent and you know it's just move I'm, on with your life I'm and not, don't I'm, take everything right. you uh, all these people it, the place went silent yeah. and i was like what's going on and it was yeah. only it's like two minutes in right. i'm like everyone's looking at me i was right. like right, you know in a line right and then the guy in front of me turned around and shook his head and i was like what turn around. i was like oh god and i was yeah. like oh well, and the, then i turned around later uh-huh. and and i made him try to i i was i the stuff he did was horrific. Sure. But at the same time, like you were talking about, you, there's a, a moral I, – I, I just felt like I needed to just say, look. Yeah. Like I, I firmly believe that like there's – I mean like this is – I'm like – I may – I'm not a – I question myself doing that though I don't, for no, weeks I think, after. But then I, I was eventually ever, like, no. you know, I did the right thing. No, I think, I think that like – It broke like, the tension like, Most importantly, him. like for me, like most importantly, you did the right thing. For, for yourself in your heart. Like, that's the actual important thing that got done. Because forgiveness has nothing to do, I mean, like, you know, forgiveness has nothing to do with uh, the other. Well, well, hold on, like, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Eric didn't forgive him for anything. Well, well, uh, the, Eric yeah, yeah, like, basically broke the tension uh, in the bro- room. No, no, right. no, no, no. That's all Eric, I was doing. No, was just, Eric tough, said, man. Eric said, He's not, I Eric, really liked Eric this not, thing. Right. Eric that is you not, did. Uh, no, Eric is not saying, I forgive you. Like, like, no, because number one, like, this, dude, this dude did not do anything to Eric, so there's nothing actually. Yeah, but he did it to kids. It's it's, it's awful. Horrible. I'm not I'm not saying. But that. at the same time, but what, I, what I do mean to point out everyone's is looking at you. Me actually, and I was have, like, like you have nothing to do with this person, like no. or, or any of his crimes or anything. Like like what you acted like was a a human being towards another human being, and like, like so hard. Like, we have to, is, we have to get off this. No this, no no. This, this is train. Like, no we got no we we got to sum this up. I think this is very important. Okay, to be uh, honest, you, for an hour you yeah. brought it up. I yeah, did no, I bring it up. Good. I did no, bring it know, up. Like, it's good. We, can, we talk about this all the time. There's no way I'm condoning. Be, all I'm saying is yeah, that this no, guy. There is no condoning. Um, there is no condoning. Yeah, and he's also in that movie that I've never seen. That you can't believe I haven't seen it from 1989. Titanic. No. Titanic. 1989. It's a school story. I don't know. Ferris Bueller say off. I know the guy. Yeah, but that's what I was just talking about. He was in Amadeus. Right. Oh, yeah, was he? So, yeah, no, he's really skinny in Amadeus. Wait, what? He's really skinny in Amadeus, and now he's not skinny. I was thinking of Tom Hulse. It's not Tom Hulse. No, not Tom Hulse. You're thinking of the, the, the person that we may all be talking about, if I may name It's names, the same guy. Is Jeffrey Jones. That's right. Yes. That's right. And uh, Jeffrey Jones right is an amazingly talented guy, obviously. After it happened. Right. And it was like, whoa. I, I, I know none of the details about that case whatsoever. But he is right. certainly a, a extremely he's talented. He's fucked his life up. Yeah, with it. destroyed. And, he's just, and he's, right. as, he needed help. Right. But at the same time, being in that room, it was like, it was a tough room. And I was yeah, like, sure. you know what? I'm breaking the sure. choice here. The thing is, I mean, like, it is like, I'm not, like I said, I'm not a religious person at all. I am, am, I am 
uh, very like I, I believe very firmly in forgiveness, and so like the like the whole like the whole the whole uh, Christ stuff. Like I love Christ movies because I really love that message. I don't believe that he. I barely believe that he existed, let alone had magic powers. Uh, but I definitely not. That's like at the end of Broadway, Danny Rose, mm-hmm. right? Forgiveness, forgiveness, right? Man. And he it's talks the heart about forgiveness. So then he runs after her onto the street and says, "You know what? Just, just Forgi- come." Forgiveness is the heart of everything. It's the, it's, that's right. Like you, like you need to be able to like that's it's the it's the great human superpower. Star shine smile. Star shine smile. <laughs> but, you know, this is the thing <laughs> yes. that that you're like you talking to that dude and being kind to him, right? is a human and good thing to do regardless of whatever he is and or has done like that you acted well and that's what you can control like you didn't feel the need to make yourself look like a better person to everybody else by being super judgmental and cruel to someone who you don't know no, he's a sick man that needed help yes right. and it was a tough room like, and I, I, that's what i did that's that is the, that is the right and good thing to do in my mind so like now none of that condones anything no. that he did zero percent like it's that's all fucking disgusting but treating humans like humans but this very circles back to, to the thing is that it's a very complex world and layering yes. and the fact that to be like jake Giddis who just tries to label it as one thing right. this is, and say this is it where there's those whole the, sinewy tendrils that go down. We are on the same path of this conversation. That's right. This is it's like, impossible to say and to take that this, stance. This is my, this is my, my great – to wrap it all the way back around to exactly what you're Let's saying Let's loop now. around. By the way, quickly before yes, we loop, sometimes you can say to people that are well-known on the street and say, hey, it's good to see – I did that once on Bleecker Street mm-hmm. in the early 90s and it was Grandpa Al Lewis because he had a restaurant down the street from me in mm-hmm. Bleecker Street and he was smoking cigar. The guy played Grandpa on the Munsters. And I was like, hey, Grandpa, good to see you. Fuck off, is what he said. That's lady cigar. <laughs> Sam, that's amazing. I was like, that's incredible. Okay, I'll keep that walking. That adds to the monster's quality. That's amazing. <laughs> he literally was like, fuck, fuck off. off. <laughs> and he put the cigar back in his mouth. I'll tell that like, story forever. Yes. Okay, I'll fuck off. But Thanks. That, yeah, that's the, that's the deal, dude. It's like, I, I really feel like the idea of, like, for, like, so when I say, like, you know, I'm not interested in knowing Roman Polanski, I already don't know Roman Polanski. And I don't want to get involved in Roman Polanski's life. I don't really give a shit about Roman Polanski. I you don't, don't know need him. to know. I don't need to. Know. I don't know. I don't. I don't have any responsibility towards Roman Polanski. But here's the thing: the guy <laughs> not, who you're talking about me. still created a body of work that makes you question moral judgment. It makes no. It like. It doesn't make me question my moral judgment. Not yours. Right. I'm not talking about just right. you. What I'm saying, like I was talking about that onion being peeled. Right. It, it questions now for years. Right. Now, and, and, to be, and to clarify, like the Roman Polanski doesn't make me tr- tr- challenge my doesn't challenge my moral judgment. Chinatown does, and that's valuable. Well, that's what I'm saying. Okay, Chinatown, that's okay. Sorry, his I missed, art missed piece of work yes. that that's Chinatown the purpose of the thing is an onion that will unpeel yes. slowly right. for the next fifty the, years. The person, the the thing that I know, the person that I know is Chinatown, like not Roman Roman Polanski. You know, is encoded his, you know, as a, like, there's a person named Roman Polanski who made this thing called Chinatown. I have never met Roman Polanski. I will never met, meet Roman Polanski. I don't give a shit about Roman Polanski. I have met Chinatown. This person here has asked me deep moral questions about my life that I then asked myself thoroughly. But the guy with no moral rudder who mm-hmm. five years later does what you're talking about, right. somehow manages to create a body of work with some sort of moral Yeah, well, it's, fasc- it's fascinating that it's that's a fascinating true. Thing. It's, a, it's a totally Interesting fascinating story. Thing. I had heard, I don't know who I heard it from, 
that when they were writing it in the dining room, I guess, town Polanski, yeah, town typing with his dog, right? Where'd he go? Goes out to the pool area and he's with a Polaroid, and there's like a 16 year old girl in a diving board posing. Oh my god! <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah! Ridiculous, ridiculous! <laughs> but this is the thing. That's like, crazy. Like, like these That's are. Like all of the stuff, all of the things that I know about Polanski or about any artist or Michael Jackson. Why would he use matter. a Polaroid camera? I know. This is like <laughs> sitting there like shaking your hand. But that yeah, was like, a joke, Chris. Yeah. But, yeah, but this is the thing. It's like you know, so everything, everything that I know about. I'm just trying to get back to. T- no, yeah, we're, we're, actually, we're, we're talking about We are yeah, still yeah. talking about Chinatown. And, like, and, and, well, like, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm sticking you started. this, I'm sticking this landing. Like, I, I did. I did. This is an important. started this rodeo. said something that. I had some profound stuff tonight. No, this is great. This is great. How can somebody so fucked up create a body of work? The fact that he is so fucked up, right, to me is fascinating like it's obviously connected to the work obviously so and now for instance in this to come back all the way around it's like nick i think that it would be possible to listen to bill cosby's 200 miles an hour i'm not going to think it's funny but i'll think it's very interesting like i'm sure that there's a lot of stuff in there that here's you go the, here's the difference Whoa, he's actually saying something here's else the difference here. this is a sad and so he's creating story. a body where the stories it's almost like Polanski's – the perfection of Polanski is to be as morally deprived as you perceive and right. what he did. Right. He's creating a body of work of what he wishes or wants to be. Okay, right. hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, let, okay, because we've gone about this for a long time. Polanski, you, you, there's something that you're basically saying where there is a connection between Polanski's story and his art that somehow makes it more acceptable for yep. you to continue. Oh, hold yes. on, hold on, right, wait, right, right, right. keep going, right? Where there is absolutely no moral connection between Bill Cosby's comedy and his personal life. There- now, let's go back to Louis C.K., uh-huh. right. where his humor is weird and creepy in a lot of ways and somehow you found it hilarious and then you find out like oh wait just like polanski yeah and then there's a connection as like less funny but very very revealing about the about louis ck right so So the the art becomes a different thing so now suddenly like you listen to that again because i don't think you can listen to the whole noah bit by uh, uh bill cosby and say oh yeah he liked to rape women with quaaludes. Like there's no, yeah, no connection there. Right. Right? right. But with Chinatown or the tenant, right. you're like, it's in, he's there. a fucking creepy dude. Yeah. And, and, and to, to the point, like, I mean, Eric's saying like, you know, like he is, he is personally wrapped up in creating this stuff. Right. And so it's laced throughout it on purpose. And what I'm saying is laced purpose. Pur- purpose is because he's creating it because it's something that he's, he doesn't have or wants. There's right. another as thing opposed that, to this is what I am and I'm expressing myself. There's another thing right. that's important for us to realize. Like one of the reasons we like these weird, creepy things, mm-hmm. like Chinatown or uh, Louis C.K. comedy or whatever, is like deep down inside, all of us mm-hmm. have a strange creepiness. 
Well, yeah, I mean, we have all sorts of shit that's wrong with us for sure. All of us. That's what. That's what. Artists, but we don't. We, uh, we don't mean we're not. Like, we are the, not. This is what I mean. Uh, is that like this is what I mean by art is a tool to look at yourself and with somehow, because like that's what it does. Like it, it reveals. It reveals the weirdness inside yourself. It reveals the love and goodness inside yourself. But right. these are. It is a mechanism by which you, it's a tool that you use on yourself in your own heart. Sure. Right? And so, like that, someone else created this tool makes it interesting. But it's intellectual. But it basically Whereas, allows like, you to my, say my relationship to the tool is personal. It basically tells you like, hey, uh, the weird feelings that I have or strange things that I have within me yes. are not uh, are not uncommon. Right. Of course. Of course. And and I'm not necessarily saying that we want to rape 13 year old girls because that's I don't. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that. Yes, that, that's absolutely true. But but, but, but to, but, to but, say that like that there's something uh, morally challenging and upsetting in Chinatown is what Chinatown is for. Like that's right. the point of in it. In fact, the, what's interesting about this movie mm-hmm. is that very little of it has to do with Chinatown. Right. The Chinatown whole, is an idea. In the Chinatown, Chinatown is the idea of accepting corruption. Chi- there's or not nothing. Yeah. There's actually the plot of the movie. Does there's nothing in the plot of the movie that has anything to do with Chinatown? Right. What Chinatown does is it does, to say though, because everybody well, came from there. Right. The yes, 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 yes. People yes, he competes against. I know, right. but but if you actually like tell me like, hey, what's the plot of Chinatown? You'll realize that the state of mind is forget about it. Ch- no, 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 no. Right. But if I'm going to tell you, here's the plot of Chinatown in five minutes, you're probably not going to say anything about Chinatown because there's nothing that actually happens in Chinatown except it's, for the uh, last but all Chinatown, the char- Chinatown, two minutes Chinatown, of the, the movie. Is, Chinatown is totally char- thematic. It has yes, nothing to do with the plot. It, it is, yeah. but all the characters came from there. All the right. detectives, yes, that's yes, where they knew. Wait, wait, wait. There are factual connections. Eric, wait, hold on. Let me finish because you guys have been talking for an hour and I haven't said anything. The whole point about Chinatown is that it's not about Chinatown at all, but they use Chinatown as an excuse to say, forget about it. It's Chinatown. Right. It's the mentality. And the, real, right. the realization is that Chinatown mm-hmm. is the excuse for bad moral behavior in a lot of ways. And they use it's that. Corruption. It's like, fuck it. It's blah. Right. It's like saying "fuck it, I'm drunk," yeah, or whatever it is right. that you're saying. There's no way to understand this, is what it's saying. Like they're like the like you can't get to the bottom of it. It's like this is not something that like this is nothing in the movie Chinatown actually takes place in Chinatown except for the right. last two minutes of the movie. So the line, uh, the line, forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown means what you have just experienced is extremely similar to when we were in Chinatown before and. Had a had a similarly disturbing moral experience involving corruption. The, yeah, for every everything, there is a root of corruption right. that makes everything move. Right, and you just have to move on with it. Right. So, so the word Chinatown mm-hmm. is actually a very personal thing, meaning like it represents it the mindset that he had or doesn't have right. why he left the force and didn't leave the force you either accept it and get promoted yeah. or you don't and get beat up and you're the fool this is so a, so so chinatown mm-hmm. as a word if you're going to accept chinatown not as the actual geographic location right. but as a state of mind mm-hmm. is what happened to roman polanski that's very true sure right 
That's very true. Yeah. yeah he, I mean, he's it's, like, it's, I it's, got corrupted by all this bullshit crap that happened in my life and I got stuck in this. Yeah, like there's no, like getting trying to solve it only digs you in deeper. Like there's no point to this thing. Like, right. Like there's like the, the ending the ending of the movie is like there's like you may think. The that, ending is so dissatisfying. Yeah. Yeah. And it's tremendous. So, OK. So like just to oh, – I'm going to quickly – quickly makes you go back. Yeah, this is what's great about it. So, like the like, uh, there's a lack of resolve makes you go back, and right. that like, peeled onion comes back more. Right, because like the I don't think they did it intentionally, but that's yeah. yeah no, I think it's inten- I think it's very much intentional. I think oh, very that, intentional. I, that I agree. Is, like these, these these things, like all of Polanski's films have this have this. Uh, Look at the tenant. This, this theme and undertone. Yeah, the right? tenant. Uh, sure. But Rosemary's Baby. Baby. You know, Rosemary's like Baby. Stuff. Oh my God. Like, yeah. And he, like he is like all of his work is is very much steeped in this sort of like he is rooting around in his own messed up heart and head trying to solve unsolvable moral problems. You know, like and the, these are these are that's that's the root of everything that he is talking about all the time. And now I say all of that as if I know him. I don't. But that is the kind of person. Including knife in the water. It, 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 Knife in the Water is another morally, like a moral, morally questioning film, right? Yes, but he's not questioning. The yeah, no, he's like he's not the person. Like Knife in the Water is a very good movie, uh, but it's a very, very good first, movie. First film too. Oh, it's incredible. Damn. But it's but it's like the difference between like Spartacus and uh, the rest of Kubrick's career. Yeah. That when you talk about Chinatown, Rosemary's Baby, and all that stuff. So like the that's the thing is, have you guys ever seen the movie um, Lock with L O C K E with uh, um, uh, Tom Hardy? So where he's driving the car, the whole movie takes place in the car, and it's all phone conversations in the car. No, it's so fucking great. I can't even tell you. It's so great. Um, but the movie is about a guy who is a, uh, a stand-up guy and a good person and all this kind of stuff. But he got totally hammered at a company party like you know nine months ago and slept with this woman at the party because he felt bad for her and whatever. And now she's called him up and saying like, "I'm having your baby tonight." And I just want to let you know that's true. And so he decides to uh, get in the car and drive, you know, two hours to London or whatever it is to go be there for the birth. And on the way, he calls up his wife and says, I'm super sorry. I am going to see the birth of uh, my child with another one. And I didn't tell you any of this stuff. And it's a it's a movie about um, being uh, completely honest all the time, you know, and, uh, and having integrity all the time and, uh, and how difficult this is. And there's Does he a, get duped in the end. It is no, no, no. It's a, it's an utterly straightforward movie. Um, and a very, very powerful movie that really affected me. And one of my favorite things is, is that he's on the phone with the woman who is, uh, at the hospital and she's, you know, the doctor's there and she's very, very worried and all this stuff. And she's just like, Oh, just, you know, like, you know, do you, do you love me? Do you love me? I'm so worried about all this. And he goes, and he goes, no. And she's like, how can you say that? How can you say that you don't love me? And he goes, I, I don't know you. Mm-hmm. Like that's like, I don't, it doesn't mean I hate you. It doesn't mean I, I just like, I don't know you. Like the only thing I know how to do right now, the only thing I know that it's right is for me to be there. Like, that's it. Like, I can't say that I love you when I don't know you at all. You know, I, but I can be there because that's the right thing to do. And maybe we will end up loving each other. I don't know, but to be there is correct. So I'm going to do that because the, the, the person who is the, the baby who's going to be born deserves that, deserves that. 
right? And that's the only thing I can know how to, know how to do. And so when I was, when I saw that, that really struck that struck me. I was just like the way that we feel about our connections to um, other people. Uh, you know, there's people that we actually know and really love, and then there's people that because they have shown us things that mean so something so much to us, you know, like say you see an artist's movies or hear music or whatever it is. And like that art evoked such great meaning in you. Uh, we tend to mistake the love we find in those things for love for that artist. And when actually we don't know them literally mm. at all. And uh, any knowledge you have about those people is academic. The only love you actually feel is what you dig up in yourself and that's it. So that's what I mean by everything to do with um, art and relationship to your to the art. If you feel like you can't watch a Roman Polanski movie because of what he has done, I celebrate your decision. Absolutely. If you feel that you can, I celebrate your decision. You know, but everything that is happening is in your heart, and those are the decisions you're making for yourself. What's fascinating about the movie Chinatown is that because Polanski himself. As, this is just pure intellectual knowledge about him. It's clear that this dude went through uh, horrible experiences and is a powerful artist who has encoded those experiences into this work of art called Chinatown. And it is about this kind of moral trauma, right? And whether it is, whether he resolves it in his own life, I don't know the guy. I don't love the guy. I have no knowledge of him and I can't forgive him because I don't know him. But the, the what he has left behind him is the evidence of his struggle and that is a tool for me to dig around in my own view and soul that's why the onion of chinatown is so incredibly um it's you know it's a hugely entertaining movie but it's a movie you cannot not it's like you have to chew on it once you see it right that's what makes it great and i think that the best way to see the movie is to admit that that is our relationship to it. It is about ourselves. It isn't about whether Roman Polanski committed a horrible crime. He did. But the movie is about you. That's why it's powerful. That's why Jake Giddis is a powerful character because he's a confident person, seemingly. And he is like, he thinks he knows what's going on. But in the end... He's the last to know, though. And he's do you the think last that to know. That attraction to stories or situations where... You know, how could you not see this? Yeah, yeah. It's this almost is, like a lesson to you. Yeah, this is that's exactly what this movie does, and it because you're like, dude, yeah. Right. The fact is that he had, was intimate with her, and then at the end, for somebody like him, how horrifying is it to know? Oh, it's what? It's, it's like incredibly right. terrifying. It's totally like so. The, to sum up for people, the uh, the how the how the movie ends up. This is all the spoiler spoiler territory, right? Jake Gittis looks into her, her husband, her, her husband looks like he is, uh, he's got a girl on the side, not telling, uh, um, uh, Mrs. Mulray about it. Then the husband ends up dead. And who's done that? You meet Noah Cross, her father. And Noah Cross has actually been working with, it was, had a double deal going on with, uh, Hollis Mulray. And you're going, okay, so Noah Cross murdered, uh, murdered, uh, uh, Hollis Mulray, right? And just you to get, Control just to get control of that. Of the and water. Now that's not wrong, but it isn't the, the end of the story. The end of the story, right? Because uh, Faye Dunaway is slowly revealed to be more and more 
fucked up. Like, and Jack Nicholson and, and her she's, get every more time, into a every, relationship. And every time he mentions her father, she is like, Ugh! yeah, very, freaked very freaked out. And uh, and here's the big spoiler, right? When Jake can no longer take the double crossing and craziness that's going on, he finally confronts her to say, like, who the fuck is this girl that your husband was keeping? squirreled away like find this. the girl mr right. no cross wants him to find the girl where's the girl where's the girl that was squirreled away in the hollywood apartment do you know what's funny about that scene where he says you know find the girl is they have lunch yeah, yeah. oh man that scene is and terrific. they have fish yeah yeah i yeah. know yeah. The, head's still on. Yeah. the middle of a drought yeah and they're having the most watery water of, 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 of <laughs> meals of all time and uh, like everything to do with it, uh, albacore and all that other stuff it's all like there's so much water symbolism going on in the movie oh, yeah. it's really spectacular but yeah the 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 punchline and the the sad punchline is that um like he says who is she to you now who is this girl to you mrs mulray and she goes that's um that's my sister and my daughter and my daughter. And then it turns out that Noah cross, her father is the father is the father. So her father raped her. Mm -hmm. She has a child with her father, which makes her daughter, both her sister and her daughter. Right. And when Jake finds this out and they realize that, you know, Noah cross is the terrible, terrible person, the real, the, the deeper villain than you suspected he was. Right. Uh, he tries to, he tries his very best to save Faye Dunaway, but in the end, uh, and it happens in Chinatown, uh, everything goes horribly wrong. And Faye Dunaway is Murdered. shot <laughs> through the head and dies. And Noah cross, uh, gets away with everything and takes the, the granddaughter with him. The to best apparently is like, oh, go come towards me. Yeah. Oh, and the, don't the look, monster don't gets, look. Where he's like, yeah. don't look. It's yeah. just like, Incredibly wow. horrifying. And, uh, and, and, uh, only that was in, the creepiest part. He's oh, like, don't look. You know oh, who fake he is? Hideous. Like, oh, and, Lord. And like, you brush oh, that Lord. big bony hand around <laughs> exactly. her face. It's like, Awful. wow. And he takes the granddaughter it, away though. and that's what happens. And like, and Jake is left stunned and shocked and the woman that he fell in love with is or like it's incredibly nasty like she's been shot through the eyeball it's horrid totally from horrific. behind from too. behind it's a sucker shot so it's really yeah, it's kind of like bad news she's and, a victim oh that, well. that, that actually more uh, it's actually an amazing shot because it looks like the car is getting away it's a very hollywood shot like the car is getting away and it's like and they're all like boom 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 they're shooting at it and Based on everything you know about Hollywood films, mm-hmm. they're going to get away right. because the car is way, way far, back there. way it's far away. One cop just goes, and, and, and then and then suddenly, horn. like it's way in a distant, and the car just stops, and you're like, right. "Wait a minute!" What? And there's a horn. Based on yeah. all Hollywood films, you know, they turn the corner and they're out of the picture. They they nope. they are they got away, right. even though everyone's right. shooting at him. But somehow it's. Way into distance. Yeah, you just know it already. Something is everybody, happened. you and the, the camera and everybody runs up on them. And it's it is so anti-Hollywood yeah. because basically the whole thing is like and I may be they wrong. did the shot. It's dark too. Oh, yeah, it's, it hits her head the, yeah, and then the horn to, goes on. Yeah. Like the, and, and up until then, yeah. I, may be, I may be wrong about this. It's an amazing it's that the, construct. That yeah. the whole movie is very statically shot and it's all these fluid pans and all this stuff. And right in that ending scene, it goes handheld. Yeah. And it's so fucking upsetting. Like, you're, like, totally ungrounded watching this final scene. And it's horrifying. Yeah. And then in the very end, like, so, like, all the cops 
you know, that he used to be a, a cop as well. All the cops are around him. And his buddy comes up and says, like, forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. You know, there's, of course, it went down like this. This is the way it goes. There's no way to fucking do these things. That never works. <sighs> and so, yeah, that is a, it is a, it, like, it is a big, romancy, classic Hollywood style movie that ends like you've seen a snuff film. <laughs> like yeah. Absolutely, absolutely hideous and amazing. And I'm absolutely amazing. It, it, it is an important film. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's the, like, it is one of these things where it's just like, I know we had a, a giant conversation about, you know, Polanski and like well, the relationship of the artist, et cetera. But like in no, in, in there's no movie um, that uh, sort of forces you to deal with your feelings about that more than Chinatown. Like, well, okay. So, so here's the thing, right? Because there's a lot of people out there that have heard that Chinatown's a good movie, mm-hmm. but the effort to see that movie, they're not going to do it. Right. right. Because it feels like a heavy movie that they don't want to watch. Yep. But the fact is they have seen that movie. Oh, a million times. A million though. times in, in, in other – In kids' movies. <laughs> in <laughs> like, kids' movies. Rango. Totally weird. Yeah. Rango. Right, right, right. Uh, I mean, like I said, I just watched Detective Pikachu, which is basically Chinatown. Yep, absolutely. And, and a good movie. I really enjoyed that one. I went to yes, my right? I'm because sure it's really basically like it. some guy is like, oh, I'm going to inspect this little thing about what happened with my father. Right. Why did my father die? Right. And it turns out it has to do with the entire ecosystem of this – City, right. which is interesting. If you think about like uh, Zootopia, which mm-hmm. is like this is this haven where animals and everything get to live. That's Los Angeles Absolutely. in the 30s, right. Right? right? This is this haven where Pikachus and you know Pokemon and humans get to live. That is Chinatown, right? And right. or in a lot of Los Angeles, the Los Angeles of Chinatown. <laughs> it's really interesting to see those movies back to back because I literally saw them like two hours apart. Oh yeah, and, and like and like all the subtle things that are happening in that movie are like, it's like there's a weird sort of like like the Pokemon. It's like there's like there's the strange relationship that Pokemon have to the humans and like this, right? You know, like semi slavery animal fighting i'm just like this is really fucking strange like, that's this because is like, yeah this is a really really weird movie but that's also interesting because there's so much deep culture with pokemon right right so there's and instead and what, there's awesome all this is, like, back history of pokemon right. that's hard to and instead of trying to run away from the weirdness that is right. implicit in doing this they make it the centerpiece of the movie. Like they grapple with how strange this is. Yes. And it's, and I was just like, I was amazed by it. I was just like, this is like, if you take out the cuteness, this is, this is like Blade Runner. <laughs> it's, it's bizarre. It's like, that's what it's like to be a Pokemon. I mean, that's what it's like to be a slave, says Roy Batty. You know, right. It's, it's yeah. utterly bizarre. But that's the, that's the greatness. Like film noir is really, this is like sort of a continuation of the Rob Rubel talk. It's like, You're right. Like film noir is, uh, is so much about, uh, like, Thinking you're the hero and finding out you're not, you're not <laughs> like the way the world is much weirder than, uh, and sort of like finding, finding the truth about yourself. Uh, you think you know what's going on until yeah. you realize you have no fucking idea. No what's idea. Happening. And that's how you deal with that. And basically private eyes during that time, possibly most of them couldn't fit into the system because they right. couldn't play the political game. So right. they go and do the gumshoe stuff or whatever. Right. Right. So in a way, they're outcasts. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Private eyes are really good 
uh, uh, metaphors. Metaphors. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true because I mean, like it is like, you know, I'm saying best hours, just like everything art, art is self-investigation. Right. And right. that's, that is why, like, that is the essence of all like privatized stories and, and noir stories is like, you're digging, you're rooting around in stuff you assumed, like you assumed that you're the good guy, like in Blade Runner, like, aren't you the good man? You know, that kind of stuff. And you're like, of right. course, I'm, wait a second, maybe I'm not, you know, and that's the power of this stuff. And it's, and it can really like through these weird, like you take Chinatown, like it has all of the grandeur of old Hollywood and all the sort of like romance of all of this stuff. And it plays totally by the rules of what you expect from a old timey Hollywood picture. And then it turns out that that is just the veneer to trick you into looking at your own shit. And it's awesome. Like that is a powerful. Thing What's to interesting do. is that they never played up Hollywood at all in Ch- Chinatown. Mm-hmm. Right. It was nothing to do with the movie industry. Right. Yeah, and you don't right, see right. the stars. Yeah. No stars or anything. Like, just... like because they could have basically. That's a great point. What they could have done in Chinatown. Common people. It's all. It's all like political corruptness right. or I'd say or you see, because what or they could have done farmers like actual orange farmers. yes yeah. because what they could have done is like bureaucracy they people. could have played it off as like oh no it's Hollywood and like said you know here's all the glitz and glamour of Hollywood and right. made this like the pol- the politicians could have like tried to divert your attention towards Hollywood right. when all this other shit's going on in the valley mm-hmm. with the farmers. Right. And they could have said like, no, 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 it's all great because Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. They never did that. Right. It was always about – like I think it could have actually been an even more interesting film mm-hmm. if they talked about – because it was – Jesus, it was LA in the 30s. Of course Hollywood is important. Oh, it's gigantic. It's all over the place. Right. Yeah. But Hollywood in the 30s had nothing to do with Chinatown right. in, no. as a film. Well, it, it, well, it is. I think it's that's nothing. Something I've never thought about before. Like it's the sort of like it's the implicit thing of the movie itself is so movieish that it carries the film industry with it itself, but it doesn't explicitly but it, show it. But it that's could, sort of interesting. That's it, fascinating. But, yeah, but it could you have been. To, those part are the people that really those two main characters. Uh, well, Hollis and and Cross. Mm. There would be nothing if it wasn't for them. That's right. That's right. They provided the water. So yeah, yeah but that was just for. I mean, th- that's but the a, point is, the backstory is, is that these are the people who had the ability to control the growth of this country, right. the, this city. Yeah. And underneath all the glitz and glamour are essentially a couple people who run the whole place, run everything, everything. Yeah. Right. And they are the overlords. Right. So this kind of glitz and glamour is insignificant because right. he is essentially. He's not questioning the moral authority of, you know, a silent film star or a film right, star. Right. It's you run this world. Right. This whole world answers to you. And 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 but it's, it's and all it's, about a f- much more fundamental. It's about water. Well, except yeah, it's like that's life Power, itself. Right? Control like, water. Right. Control using yeah. the water to control people. And uh, and that Mulray and Cross are essentially two halves of the same character, right? Yes. Like because like one is the altruistic a uh, socially conscious one, and the other one is the completely uh, capitalistic. Capitalistic. And look at the way they pulled his body out of the water. Right. What does that tell you? Go for it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> this is how it is, man. <laughs> right. 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 They pull, fished them out of water. Yep. 
dragged up in that whole yep. the chute, the waterway, yeah, 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 yeah. and it's just like, oh, there you go. Yep. It's it's basically don't be nice. Yep. The, the, this is like that and is the split. Can't stand that. That is the that is the split that happens. I mean, this is what this like. I, it's funny, man. I, I, thank you for bringing that up, Chris. That is like uh, that. I've never noticed that before. That there is no Hollywood. I've always imagined that like there's a tone of Hollywoodness to that movie. None. And, but there is no Hollywood in the movie. It's, like, none. It strikes me as, and it's actually as, in Hollywood. A lot of it takes place in Hollywood. Yeah, like and that none, strikes me as no, total genius. Now. I actually, I've never noticed but that. I actually think by putting Hollywood in, it would ruin it. Yeah, exactly. Because that I know they, because they, that's like, the reason why the, the town, story. The reason why the town is expanding is because of that. Because, because of them. Yeah. And the reason, why, like, what are you here doing in? in experiencing Chinatown, like you're watching the moviest of movies, like the source, Chinatown, like, it, it, the I, reason I mean, why it's happening is because of your demand. Like this, Chinatown like, is the motivation for all of but everything Chinatown, that's happening. Chinatown itself uh-huh. is, is, is non Hollywood. Right, right, right. Chinatown is a strange part of Los Angeles that has nothing to do with Hollywood. Yeah, it's, it's completely the it opposite. Is, it yeah, is completely right. the opposite. Yep. I mean, especially in the 30s, right? Yeah. And, and but, even, but even so today, I mean, that's like it's its own uh, – it's, it's, uh, it's, it's very much its own uh, experience. Right. right. It's a bubble. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a big industry back then, but it still wasn't the biggest. Right. They were in the orange groves. That was the big part. It's the transition point. We can even talk about it when we when we look at uh, T-Men, which we talked about as well. Mm-hmm. They are in Los Angeles. They're dealing with the weirdness of Chinatown. Right. They never actually talk about Los Angeles as the movie industry within that movie. Right. Exactly. That's, this is what I mean is that the, the, and what I like, I guess it's, it's hard to sort of condense into a sentence, but the idea is that, uh, the reason why this tipping point is happening in the story of the film, right? The reason why they're killing off the farmers, uh, life, uh, entire livelihood is because Los Angeles is exploding. Why is it exploding? Because of Hollywood, which you do not see in the movie, it's not in a movie. The movie right. itself is the moviness of the movie, and you are the reason all of this is happening because you are you have paid to see a movie. Like you're the source of the corruption is the viewer of the film. Okay, that's sort of amazing to me. That's amazing. That's amazing. Never spelled out. Yeah, no, they could have done this, a better job. Yeah. No, I think I think like it's that's like to me that's a special treat because I've seen this movie like by Eric, you know, like forty times. That like because you said that, I'm just like, whoa, that's like that's a choice. Like it like not putting Hollywood in that movie is a choice. Like even though it takes place in Hollywood, yeah, exactly. In fact, it's hard to not put Hollywood in that movie, and they don't. They do not put it in there. They actively right. do not show you Hollywood. You know, I think the what's weird is, is like. I didn't, but it's about I, the non-Hollywood people. Absolutely. I, it's yeah. about, I'll be it's very, about, there's no I'll need to show people. that. And I have think so many of those shots are so tight. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. I'll be very honest with you because I remember seeing this movie uh, a long, long time ago before mm-hmm. I even moved to the United States actually. Right. So that's that's a long time ago. Uh I didn't even realize it took place in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, right. I thought it took place in San Francisco. Right, right. Actually, it does have a little bit of a San Francisco vibe to it. Right. That's interesting. So 
that's what's weird about it. It's like, oh, this is all in L.A. Right. I didn't realize it until I watched it. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I do remember it's all in L.A. Yeah, but those vistas on the bridge where he sees the boy with the horse. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's all so classic, distinctive. Yeah. The, the, the architecture. Yeah, I know WPA that because only because I live in Los Angeles now. Yeah, but right if right. I lived in I lived in Athens, Greece, and I'm looking at it, it's like, whatever, California. America this is somewhere. America yeah. somewhere. Yeah. So the fact is none of it says Hollywood. Right, right. None of it. Right. Until you really get into it and they actually talk about Los Angeles. It's yeah. interesting that the Rockford Files, too, mm. shot around there. It's one of my favorite television shows. Oh, you and me both. Yeah. It yes. was yeah. very much didn't show the glitzy Hollywood. It was always like coffee, you know, the, the street shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's always like the under, like the functional LA, not well, the. I, I, along those lines, I brought up earlier, but I really recommend that listeners check out the movie. You can get it on, uh, I watched it on Google Play recently. So it's, I know it's on streaming. Uh, look out! Look for Los Angeles plays itself. Yeah, and and you and like the entire movie is about the like what the filmmaker anyway perceives as the real LA versus the Hollywood LA, and it is a fucking delicious movie, man. It's amazing. They talk about like Bunker Hill, what Bunker That's Hill right. used to be, and like they have all this wonderful footage of like before it was wiped out for these big shitty skyscrapers and all this stuff. That's where um, A Star Is Born was shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. And it's just like, and it's, and it's, it's such an amazing thing to see. And the things, I mean, we see this every, like we all, you know, we work in the industry, but it's like there, there is, uh, like there, like we, uh, I still have this, this weird, um, what do you call it? Like when you have two warring ideas in your mind, it is, uh, psychosis. Yeah. When you go crazy and you, you know, high bodies, what's it called? No, the, uh, 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 like I think of LA in very much movie LA terms all the time, but my actual day to day experience with, of LA is entirely different. Like, sure. You know, it's like riding the Metro and driving through East LA. And like, this is like, not like it's, there's the, there's the, the actual real city is entirely different from the way that I imagine it is. Even when I'm in it, it's, it's entire, it's really, I, it's really strange. Well, the, the, the myth is so large in my mind. The myth all for the me time. is 70s hold on, LA. hold on, because I think right, I right. think that all of us have a little bit of that. I mean, let's just. I mean, Eric on this podcast before has talked about like that's where they shot this in Chinatown. That's right. it, like like there. If you really love filmmaking, mm-hmm. you get a little bit attached to this city in a little bit of a little bit of way, right? Yeah, absolutely. So when I when I go to Musso and Frank's, I'm like There's a romance. There's a romance absolutely. there. And it, even though I know it's all fake. Right. But as it is everywhere it's else, fake, by the way. But that's what I'm saying. Is it is it actually fake? It's just a real it? building from that time that they yeah. haven't changed. Okay. Thank you. Right. Thank you for clarifying that right. because there's 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 a feeling about Hollywood being fake, but that is you're right. It is authentic, right? Is about as authentic as it's going to be, right? Oh yeah. I mean, right. it might as well. If I walk through the Parthenon in Greece, it's not authentic. Right. It's fucking fake. It's right. made for tourists, right. and it's making is there to make me feel like I can get my Instagram picture of the Parthenon, right? Right, right, right. right. So it's just about as fake as it can be. Yeah. So, uh, and by the way, all the all of the stones have been replaced because they're all crumbling. So it doesn't yeah, matter. So it's a, it's sort of like a ship of Theseus problem. Right. right. So, but you, there. I still I, – I drive through Hollywood all the time to cut through traffic because that's still the best way for me to get back to my house. And I'm like – every time I go, like I'm on Hollywood and Vine, I'm like, yeah, the sh- it's the 
pain in the ass to get through this intersection. But part of me goes like, yeah, I don't know. It's I Hollywood like it. and Vine. It's Hollywood and Vine, yeah, right? Yeah. Like if you, you go down just from there, right, right, and you pass Sunset, yeah. right, mm-hmm. and you're going, and then there is right before a uh, Armenian church mm-hmm. and it's the taglian center mm-hmm. there's a red brick building with a cafe at the ground floor that's where man ray lived no no kidding yeah uh, man in the courtyard with frank sinatra people should google man ray and look at that photographer well there's a lot of incredible. stuff like that like uh, uh if you go down to abbott kinney and you go to uh, what's the uh, the pizza place down there? Or Abbott's Habit. Uh, uh, Abbott's the, Habit Abbott's used to be there, there right? Abbott's Habit, and then there's a there's a coffee shop right around the corner from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 Sex Pistols used to live above there. That's insane, right? Yeah. And so like there there's tons of that stuff all around right. Los Angeles. Like all these people that lived in different places and did all different things. I, I was downtown. And does and that mean anything? Like no, but you know what? It's exciting. I, I yeah no I was I was uh, well I was history down- is important for you and your experience in a city. Sure, I mean, like, the, like the, the thing has been it's, it's all it's all romance, right? I mean it's all like this is like but the guys who when they lived back then and the. Fuck! I go to I go to uh, uh, Shay J. Right? Uh-huh, right? Have you been to Shay J? I That's know that. Great. Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah, a it's bar a, in Santa Monica. It's a bar in Santa Monica, man. And, and, and I, was ta- I, I sat at table tw- six or what? There's only like. Ten tables there or whatever, but it's one table. It's like that's where Melly Monroe and all the Rat Pack used to sit. Right? Right, right? They used to hang out there all the time. And like God, and the, and and when I sit at that table, the guys are like, you know, where you're sitting. It's like, yeah, I know where I'm sitting. And it's right. like, here's the history of this table. And by the way, to get there, it costs nothing. Like you can just walk in there and sit at that table. Absolutely. And they, there's no big th- thing about. There's it, no right? big thing about it. But like there is. <sighs> There's a little bit of fun to that. Well, the thing is, I mean, and this and the, this uh, sort of relates to the like the earlier part of this conversation about art is like the what's going on there is that there are things that are meaningful to you, right? And now you are part you are partaking in that meaning directly. That sure, the meaning is your own. Like it doesn't actually mean anything whether or not Marilyn Monroe, who you'd never met sad any place doesn't make any difference at all no but it does mean something to you because of what marilyn Monroe means to you as a concept right yes and it connects to you that way that's why it is real that it's real because it is real in your mind and in your heart not because it has anything to do with any literal reality it has to do with your emotional reality there and and there's a little so so having having been born in a country where culture goes 5,000 years deep, mm-hmm. right? Well, I was born in, in Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. right? And then, and then, and then moving to another country where culture is 3,000 years deep in the Greek culture, right? And then after that, moving to the United States where like culture is, or Los Angeles where it goes as deep as 1925, right? right? <laughs> Which is, right. you know, it's like, the, it's like the line from the Steve Martin movie with that. Yeah, like, some of these, these oldest houses you've around, they've been around since 1925. <laughs> like, <laughs> like literally, right. but there is, uh, uh, but specifically like the, the, the impact on the movie industry mm-hmm. uh, on the entire globe is huge mm-hmm. and it came from this city. Yep. It came from Los Angeles, Absolutely. right? The movie industry changed the way that we see culture and it 
it, it was a carpet bomb across the entire globe. Yep. And when you look at that and you're like, oh, I am at the epicenter of that stuff, which, by the way, it's no longer that anymore. Oh, not at all. No, yeah, no. it is basically a hollow place right now. Now it's all just sitting here as a museum. Uh, uh, Los Angeles is a museum of what the movie industry was. Right. That's right, right. Right? Because now it's like all over the globe because of tax incentives, everything else. Yeah, everything's we are sitting right? here. You can make movies like, with your phone and you can do it in Alabama as well as you can do it in any place. Sure. So, so, and that, and that's what's happening and that's, right. that's all fine and good. But, but back at that time when, when Hollywood was the epicenter of the area. And you know why it became Hollywood? Why is that? Texas. Really? Right. I didn't know they that. left New York because there's too many taxes. Oh, that's hysterical. And New Jersey, oh, looking, and yeah, they came I thought it here. was the weather. Well, I'm sure well, they had the a lot light, to do with it. Yeah, absolutely. and they didn't want to pay taxes. Right, right, right. right. So it was a lot of Garmento guys, guys in the garment business. Right. So that's why when you look at the Warner Brothers, they were all like silk salesmen and so forth. That's hysterical. And they didn't want to pay taxes. You know, it's interesting <laughs> now. That's, that's why America think, became America. What do you think about the fact that <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to get too political, but what, I mean, Please, what do you get, guys? I know you're a Trump supporter, but go on. It's yeah, fine. No, no, what do you think about the fact that there are uh, a lot of studios now that are saying they're going to pull all their movies that are being done in states that are uh, yes. going anti Abortion. Okay, how political do you want me to be from a scale of one to ten? Ten. <laughs> ten. Uh, okay. Here's here's my entire feeling about the abortion debate. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll make it super fast. Um, uh, related to the entertainment industry. Related to the entertainment industry um, is that I think that uh, there's a there's a cynical way to look at this, and there's a positive way to look at this. Sure. Right. Then those two things are so deeply intermingled that you shouldn't try to even separate them. Okay. Like that, uh, that I think it is a, I think it is a, how can I say it? Like, I would think it's perfectly reasonable to say that people like, you know, all these movies, movie studios are like, they're, we're not going to do any product. Like, like most of these, most of the studios didn't have anything in production there to start with. So that they're just doing this to, have great press you know like that's oh that's, absolutely like, that, is, that is certainly happening right sure um when the dollar is there right, not, right yeah like that's 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 why that's happening there's there's plenty of other things that they could also be protesting that like, they do not protest that's okay we will right. pay millions of dollars more <laughs> not to have it yes yeah, like yeah. They, they they don't they don't seem too upset about human rights in china for instance they are rather interested in making money in china <laughs> like exactly so that's like yep um so i i think that that is all sort of of the day um that being said i uh i think that when it comes to stuff like that, you know, obviously people will take advantage and try to make themselves, you know, companies will try and promote themselves and look good. But I do think that it is a good thing for uh, uh, people to try to come to, you know, to, to stand up for something that they believe in, in a, in a real and meaningful way. And to the way that things can change is by getting people to convince large companies to act, whether or not they're acting, out of actual goodness or not makes no difference. Get them to act because that's where the strength is to make change happen. So I do think that that is a, uh, generally speaking, a positive, a positive effect. Um, I have more complex notes about the entire thing, but in terms of the movie industry, like I think it's a good thing for movie studios to uh, at least be, to agree to the idea of being perceived as morally thoughtful. 
I think that's a good thing. And it's good for people to involve themselves that way. Yeah. So, you know, that, that wasn't so political. That's all right. I'm even keel. That was more like a three. That was a three, right? Okay. Yeah, I was expecting more like a seven or okay. An eight. My like the, the, the you don't the, have to do that. That's that's actually no, that's good. Actually, I, I I'm glad you 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 did that. I, I wanted you to go as far as you could go, and that's actually pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I could get I could get ranty about it, but I nah, do think I think it's. Better I think to it's be fair. Like, yeah, I think it's fair. I think you're right to basically say like, let's be real. The studios are not going to turn down a tax subsidy. Yeah, yeah. they're just going to say we're going to take a stance. Right. And, you know, fine. Right. It may cost us a few million dollars in less tax subsidies. Yeah, big deal. They're making But that's a way <laughs> more on the marketing side <laughs> yeah, of things. Exactly. Like exactly. like we will make that up in, in by basically this what, is a marketing what, stunt. Whatever their 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 private uh, you know, like uh, fiduciary interests or however you say it are or whatever their real reasoning behind deciding to do things like that. I think it is the I think it is the sole uh, force that we can leverage for change uh, in things like this is to convince very large companies that they will make more money if they support that action. So, like sure. that's the like in the long run, and uh, and which is why I also support things like you know, um, like how Captain Marvel got sold you know like captain marvel doesn't sound like the greatest movie to me but like i like the idea of uh you know studios like getting studios to push a you know positive uh um female female uh heroic casting female message like this is a good it's a good thing to do like like you know maybe you know like Maybe you know, make sure make sure you're making good movies also. But I think it's a very it's a good way to leverage people into thinking and to leverage people into sort of committing to action in a way okay. that's more meaningful. So that's my yeah that's my tempered view on all that stuff. I also you know, like my slightly more radical view is, uh, and this is not film specific, so I'll just keep it short. Is just be careful about getting into big fights with Republicans over hot button issues before a major election, because that's why they bring this stuff up. It hardens Republican stances and then we lose the election again. That's a trick. <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, I, absolutely. Now, um, try to have an even keel discussion about it. If you're going to have that. And I don't want to, I'm, I, I usually don't want to get into political, political things, but, uh, especially recorded, mm-hmm. but Norman Chemsky, uh, did an amazing talk about like how we ended up here mm-hmm. and he goes back to nixon mm-hmm. which was fascinating the right? southern strategy yes yeah yep yep the southern strategy the southern strategy murder oh the, and i don't think republicans even know how no. much they got fucking duped into this oh it's bad it's ugly 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 just, just noam a, chomsky that, yes. Yeah. So He's, just just just, to, just just for people who don't understand, the, Norman like, Chomsky's uh, wonderful um, uh, uh, breakfast foods, fantastic. Oh, they are so, so good. It's so nice, man. Spicy. Yeah, a but little, I love it. But a in, a, in an unexpected but very pleasurable way. Yeah. Just so people know, like basically, he's like the the Republican Party, which has always been, always been, and still is under the radar, although most people don't realize it, mm-hmm. is to support. Large, rich corporations and people. Yes, uh, yeah. that it's always been its strategy, yeah. and 
That is what it's about. Mm-hmm. However, that does not win many votes right. because that only supports very rich people. And you know, yes. it turns out that when you're actually trying to vote for people, there's not that many rich people that have enough votes to make that happen. Right. So they decided under Nixon is like, huh, we have to find a way to convince people that are poor mm-hmm. to vote for to us. To vote for us. Even though it's against their best interests. <laughs> even though it's against their best interests. Yeah. So they decided, huh. Uh, we're going to find a button uh, or an issue that we are actually against, and we're going to look and say like abortion, mm-hmm. because Republicans were actually very much uh, uh, not for uh, 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 control over the body. Control over the body yeah. It's like that is a personal issue, not you a government said that issue. Loud, you go, wait a minute, that must be a Republican stance, right? Right. Like, they don't want the government controlling your body. That no. would be the Republican point of view, right? They do not want the government controlling your body. Right. So the Republicans are at, were in the 60s highly against anything. Making any laws. That making can, any that laws that, that control invasive. your body. Yes, right. That is not stand – because right. that's a libertarian view, right? Exactly. Libertarians are actually much more of the old school Republicans yes. in a lot of yeah. ways. Right. So uh, they're like, hmm, no. But so it's like, hmm. What if we said we were mm-hmm. – they completely lied, by the way, when they right. said that – just to get votes in the South, yep. specifically the religious people. Mm-hmm. So they made that law right. and they're like, it's like, we are going to be uh, anti-abortion mm-hmm. or pro-life mm-hmm. to get the Southern vote. Yep. And they did that and that's what changed the Republican Party. Right. And, the, and, and, and they've kept it – and this is just my opinion. But I believe they intentionally – Kept it as a easily overturnable, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, Congress-based choice, as opposed to uh, like as opposed to anything else, because it remains hot button and very divisive, which mm-hmm. makes you able to control elections better. I'm sorry, a judicial saying, choice, right? So, so basically, yeah, they, yeah, do not, they do and not. They do not. They do not want it to be some. They want it to be something that's constantly debated. If, yeah, exactly. Because like if if it's something if it's something that you can overturn left, just like whoever's in power, you can click it the other way. Then you don't actually have to attend to any other issues at all. You I just, think also though that since the '60s, the secularization too mm-hmm. that. It's really helped split up because you have people who still are religious mm-hmm. and then the kind of secularization of people who don't choose any kind of uh, faith. Mm-hmm. And that kind of helped push and that became like a weapon for the people who are religious. Right, right. You know, yep. yeah, that was, that's what they stood by. So it's not just right. rich people or poor people. It's really people who still believed in their values and faith. Right. And the thing is, I mean, like, because uh, here's the, like, and this is, uh, this is only my personal view and doesn't speak for anybody else, even who, anyone related to me. But the, like, my feelings, my personal feelings on abortion is that, that I, I, when people have asked me whether or not I think it's a good idea to get them, I say, no, I don't think that's a good idea. I do think it's a, it's a hard, it's an actual hard moral choice to think about. I think that we don't know what consciousness is. We don't know when life begins. I think these are all totally reasonable things to argue. And, uh, and, and any reasonable, any reasonable person should recognize that that is something worthy of debate and thought. That doesn't mean whatever side you land up on is wrong or right. It just means that this is something that isn't something that's not appropriate to me to make that a hot button decision item that is actually something you should think through 
morally for yourself. And that my, my personal view is I think that abortion should be completely legal and available because the, of the Republicans' original point of view, it is like, I do not think it's a good idea for government to say anything about ownership over any portion of anyone's body at all. Like, uh, that's a terrible idea, especially going into the future. So that's why I'm against it. And I feel uh, that's why I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm against making it illegal. Um, and so I'm like, do not make it illegal. And I, but I think of now personally, today. yeah, like personally of my, of my own choice and uh, like how I feel about it when I, when I talk about it, I'm like, I think that babies are good and fun and cool, and you should actually, you know, think about but it. It's I a good idea. When gonna, I go to Georgia, next... I'm going to order two pre-chickens over easy. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> but, it, dude. But the, no, thing is, is... the thing is, what's really going to make this a very fractious country mm-hmm. is uh, late-term abortion. Oh, yeah, and this is that what I'm saying. That is going like, directly to, to make it... because – Whatever you can to defend for actual abortion. What is late right. and whatever. Let's well, no, the no, point no, no, is, no, to, to sum just up, quickly, to sum up, and I didn't want to get into I was silent on all this. Right. That is where it's heading. So you right. guys talk mm-hmm. about the early 70s where they pick this issue. Right. Now the issue is that is driving and fracturing us more right. is the late term. Well, the, because, because whatever you feel about it why, before, reason, now you look now, at it, you're like, Whoa. like Because the reason why they do it is like – the reason why they make this the issue is because that's the most – horrific it and divisive is. thing it is like so they try to make it as as they may they try to make the the focus of the topic as hardcore as possible and and, and the thing is like, like everything that i just said like i don't think anything that i said is a offen- should be offensive to anybody it's my personal opinion you know like these are how i feel and i can have this discussion with anybody at all and people who totally disagree with what i'm saying Dan, and we can have like a totally Dan, yeah sorry forget about it it's, it's america it's <laughs> exactly it's Chinatown. you uh, can't this, do the, anything about the, it the, the, the way one, it is perfectly the, said Eric. like this is the it's, forget about it it's america, it's america. yeah it's america and yeah. that's that's ultimately yeah. what that movie says right? this is actually like forget right. about it this is america that's right. this is actually you can't do the, anything mixed, about it the way that that stuff. movie ends you're like you're angry for yeah. him to say that. At the same time, it's like what can if you try to do that, Don't. your nose will be cut. You will feel like a yeah. fool, right. and for the rest of your life, you will question everything in yourself. That if it, like if you want to get tangled up in anything like these things, like whatever, like what we're talking, what we're just talking about, or whatever, like you have to go in uh, knowing that you could. You could possibly never get out of it. <laughs> my, I've said this before on the show. My grandmother from Brooklyn, mm-hmm. God bless her, would always say to me, wear the cloak of life lightly. Yeah. No, and I, nice, nice you know, a nine-year-old, I'm like, okay. Oh, I don't know. But I think you're right. You know, it's true. Right. Just don't have to button that coat. Right. Just kind of eh, yeah. make it just through the subway. Just be easy about it. Yeah. Just just, about it. But this is – so like I would say like the, like the kinds of things that Chinatown makes you think – are are good and healthy, smart things about thinking about what you feel is moral, and that's that's the power of that movie, right? And like my nose hurts every time I see that movie. That's you know, and it makes you think you twice, know, doesn't it? You know why? It's a very subtle cut, 
but you know how it feels. It's connected. But the point is, if you watch these things with this porno kind of like cuts, you're like, I don't know if I could feel those cuts. You watch that little thing. That nose. Because everyone's everyone's had the pimple on the inside of the nose that makes their whole nose Or like pinching underneath the arm like that, if that was his punishment. No. That's terrible. But just you know that, what they get underneath the arm? They yeah, get arms. That oh, nose oh, and it, what's really I think <laughs> it's so cat. amazing. That <laughs> nose is 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 such punishment because you know like he's a good looking guy right. and he looks like a fucking idiot through most of the movie because right. of that bandage. Yeah, it's awesome. It's great. It's great. It reveals the, it. It essentially reveals the punchline of the movie. It's like here's the handsome Jack Nicholson face and we're gonna mess it up ridiculously. It's interesting <laughs> to talk about that bandage because I literally was watching it. Again, and I was like, you know what? I bet if you just put a nice antibiotic topical on it, you didn't need that. Right. You just had to clean the wound every now but and then. No, yeah. no, but no, but <laughs> so I'm thinking, touch. like, looking at that. I don't need the, to wear yeah, the white part. Yeah, like, like, like that gauze is so thick. It's, it's massive. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a square giant on his face. square it's on so his good. face, and he's sitting there, and he's got a yeah. little bit of that nasal. I like, I like, I like breathing through it. This is Mulray. Whoever did this to my nose. Does it hurt only when I breathe? Okay, and and yeah, like the the extremely offensive joke that he tells. Oh, yeah, about the China. Uh, yeah, that is just yeah. Like um, you can watch the movie, get the full joke, but like the 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 punch the punchline of that joke is basically the movie itself, which is just like uh, you are uh, you you're overthinking what you're doing. That's right. You know, <laughs> like you're, you're not starting to screw like a Chinaman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the this is the offensive line from the movie. We're not. This is not how we talk was, in real life, but the uh, but like the it's the like this is the that's the the nature of the thing is like he is all up in his head and because of that he is missing the whole goddamn thing which is happening right behind him. Yep, that's right, man. Because he's telling this joke, and the entire plot is right behind is literally him. physically right behind him in the shot. Like, like, he like three the people. people. Faye Dunaway shows up in that shot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. True. And, and not, none of those guys say, they try to tell him and he shuts them up. Yeah. Yep. No, no, but like, he's the no, no, last no, no, no. to know. He's the last to know. Yeah. And, and not because only that. Like, they're not even, it's like, oh, he's going to say some really offensive joke. But they're joke. like, Jake, right. Jake, uh, easy, easy. You know, You're always I'm trying to tell a joke here. Yeah, yeah, Okay, here we go. And it all started because he had a fight with a Republican, basically. Yeah, right, right, right. In a barbershop. Right. It's the best. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, I mean, that actually happens. Like, it even happens when he goes to the uh, uh, the town hall meeting, the city hall meeting, uh, because, like, fucking Mulray is up there and basically tells him the plot of the movie. Right. And he gets distracted by all the sheep. Yeah. And he goes, ha, yeah. and he starts looking at the sheep. And you're like, wow, if he'd been paying attention right there, he might have solved this case a lot earlier. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really pretty stunning. It's really pretty stunning. He totally misses it because he just gets distracted by this other thing. And that's that's the beauty of that picture. And there you go. So that's go. uh that's I think we, I think we got it. Yeah. I think we got it. There it is. How many how long is it? Uh just under three. We did pretty good. That's good. No, this is this is that's the perfect perfect time for like a we've We covered some deep shit in this one. It was heavy. It was heavy. And uh and for uh just to let um, I almost wanted to end it on Eric's. So I was like, forget about it. It's America. It's like, true, that was a, it's that true. was a great quote. That's a good one. That's good. We can still I do pull it. pull some still... stuff, good stuff out of my behind every now and then. No, that was yeah. a solid one. That was a good one. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, no, I think that um, I, I, I believe we, uh, I, I, I believe this is a great example of uh, why 
uh, talking like why movies like this are so lasting and great is because they make me fucking think of crazy bullshit to talk about for many hours. Like, yeah. This is the awesomeness of this movie. It's like I've seen this movie, like you said, 40 fucking times. But it also sets a more all, like when to, when to really step back and say. It's been a very long time for me. Yeah. Which yeah. was very refreshing. So I know it's like to you guys, it's like you've seen it over and over and over and over and over again. And that's great. And you guys really dissected it and I'll see all these parts. But to me, it was like it was like a blast of LA to my face. It was like, bam, you know, and in a very strange way. But that what was so shocking to me. It was like, because there's been a lot of LA movies, right? There's been like, you know, uh, La La Land and all that stuff. It's all about Hollywood. And to me, it was like, LA, LA with no Hollywood, with in no it. Hollywood yeah. in it, and yet it's all in Hollywood. Yeah, and it stars yeah, so like big coffee. movie stars. Yeah. So was what coffee? coffee yeah, coffee is yeah, coffee. Like, yeah, God, yes, because well, Cienega. Yeah, it is. It's totally because coffee. You know, if you look at which you know which will come out before this podcast, but coffee, uh, I I thought was like in you know Harlem in New York, right? Like it felt like no, that's a yes, one hundred percent LA, one hundred percent LA. Yeah, yeah, and like that's the that's the kind of stuff that's just like these are, like there's I think we could put together a collection of like movies that make up all the different kinds of LA there are, and that would be a, like it would be a, an entire wall of movies. Like there's so many different weird flavors of LA, and like and uh, and to see uh, uh, to see Chinatown, you know, this many times without realizing what you pointed out blows my mind. Like I was just like, oh shit, there is no Hollywood in this. I think about it as a super Hollywood movie because of it is like because it is a super Hollywood movie. Every like the the lavish like opening credit says like it's an old thirties film. Oh, I and know, these it, big it, stars and like you have a fucking the villain is a is one of the greatest old old time directors literally of all time. Everything like everything is dripping with Hollywoodness. There's no fucking Hollywood in that movie at all. That's None. great, dude. I never noticed that. That's insane. Yeah. That's there what I'm go. here for. Okay, so you you said something smart. You said something smart. The fuck did I say? I don't know. I can say you said a lot. You know, I said well, that doesn't mean I said anything smart. <laughs> you did. You did. Trust me, Dan. You did. Uh, but uh, we're good. All we're right. good. We're good. Uh, are we figuring out? We'll we'll figure out. I'm going on vacation in a couple of days, so I'm somehow. Maybe we'll do something Icelandic after this. <laughs> Absolutely, troll hunters. Troll Hunter is a marvelous film. I'm definitely I love that movie. Yep. Have you seen that movie? Oh, God, uh, it's hysterical. That's yep. Norwegian, I think, isn't it? Um, it's Scandinavian. It's yes, it's in that realm. And I always embarrass myself when I try and name countries, and that's always the other country. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, like uh, my my. I friend, think it's Norwegian or Icelandic or. I'm not even going to go there because, like, my friend Finnish. Justin Vanderlake is going to be like, I can't believe you messed it up again. It's definitely not Swedish. It's not. I hope not. I think it's Norwegian. I, I, I'm going to say Norwegian. Yes. Okay. Norwegian. I'll commit to Norwegian and then be wrong. Oh, uh, speaking of which, uh, comedies. If you want a, like a good comedy, I think it's on. I think it's on Netflix. Maybe on Amazon. Uh, Norseman. Oh, it's hysterical. Have you seen it? Yeah, I have. I have. It's awesome. Oh my god! It's, it's really violent so and really funny. dirty, but super funny. Super, super funny. funny. Yeah, no, really good, good. That's a good one. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't have any other. I don't think. Oh, I, I talked about Flatliners. That was great. Uh, I can tell you that uh, the sequel to The Strangers has moments of greatness, but is really stupid overall. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and the movie Hush 
by the guy who directed Haunting in Hill House. This is one of his uh, sort of middle ground movies before that came out. Yeah. Is mostly excellent. And these are the movies that I've seen on Netflix this weekend. Excellent. There we are. Besides, I uh, did uh, all five seasons of Breaking Bad again and then straight through. And mm-hmm. then I did the first three seasons of Fargo. Oh, that's fantastic. Boy, nice. boy. Are you now, are you going to uh, watch the Deadwood movie when that comes out? I, I love Deadwood. I have the box set at home for the TV show. Oh, good. Yeah, because the uh, the finale I mean, is finally coming out. Like, Ray Winstonis, I love. Oh, God, I love Deadwood so, Teddy so much. Bess. Oh, and, um, but yeah, those, the first, Billy Bob in Fargo is so good to watch. He just, it's so beautiful. I love that dude. He's done great work. And mm. I, I would love to see if he, because I know he's a fan of the podcast. Hello, Billy Bob. The, uh, that uh, if he ever. <laughs> what a douche. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> Probably not. Um, but uh, he, uh, he, there's a, uh, there's a supposed five hour edition or four and a half hour edition of his Cormac McCarthy adaptation, All the Pretty Horses. That's supposed oh, yeah. to be fantastic. Uh. It's very, 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 very difficult to actually here of where you can see that i would love to see that so billy bob yes there you go yep there it is and uh uh a a friend of ours asked my son who's uh nine said uh i heard uh your favorite show is frazier and goes yep i've seen all 12 seasons three times that is a lot that's a lot of frazier who he's nine yeah that's right i just found a place with all the scripts really they're perfect they're perfect yeah, and the, the writing on that show is fantastic. And he gets all the jokes. He gets all the subtleties. It's really hilarious. It's, an, it's a it, my, my son is literally a, a nine-year-old trapped in a 50-year-old body. They are talking. Or, other way around. Them, other uh, way around. Uh, you, or a 50-year-old trapped in a nine-year-old yeah. body. Yeah. Uh, there's a, you can tell them that it's uh, that apparently Netflix is considering rebooting Frasier. Yeah, I know. He's not. He's not he, down with that? Do you know who wrote Benjamin Buttons, by the way? The, the original story or the uh, – um, it's F. Scott Fitzgerald wrote yeah. the original. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep, that's uh, it's all, it's a very short, short story. I think yeah, it's only right. a few pages long. Like Harper's or something. Uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I don't. I never. I've never actually read it. I've. Um, I only. It's just floating around. Worked brain on the movie. I didn't even get to work in the movie. That uh, really? I missed. You that. didn't do anything with Fincher on that not one. Not with. Uh, no. Oh, you did Zodiac. I did. I did Zodiac. Bunch of commercials. Fincher's great. Um, and got big hands. Big old hands. Big old hands. Oh my hands, god. <laughs> Uh, and uh, and high refer to, to previous yeah. podcasts to hear uh, Thran's, uh, Thrawn's interaction Thran. with David Fincher. <laughs> David Thrans. I have condensation underneath this wine glass, so I think that finally, the, the, once the chill spreads to the desk, it's time to close up shop. All right, <laughs> All right guys, so we're going to wrap this up. This is great. We've got we got to think about our next uh, episode, uh, which is what's going to happen after my vacation. So, but thank you guys for doing this. Yes, so, you can. Oh, and you can also um, uh, uh, see us on what Facebook. We have yep. to do this right. Yeah, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Instagram, uh, all at various combinations of Martini Giant, Martini yeah. underscore Giant. For an Instagram. So yeah. Martini Giant Yeah, you're doing some nice animations for that stuff. It's oh, cool. Thanks so much. You're doing yeah. the awesome uh, uh, I was talking to Chris. Yeah, no, yeah. But his, yeah. Yeah, his are slightly better than that. Yeah, so uh, uh, Martini Giant for Facebook, Martini Giant for Twitter, Martini underscore Giant for Instagram. And you can reach us at? On, and for uh, Ashley Madison, it's just Martini Giant. Yeah, no, we actually had to change that. That's right. Yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> it's really important we get an Ashley Madison again. I was going to say swipe left, but actually I don't know what, whether I, I, left or I, right I, makes I, any I difference. Don't I, don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't grind as much yeah. as I used to. 
Uh, and then, and then, if you want to reach us, it's uh, podcast at martinijohn.com. And please, if you do like the podcast, uh, think about recommending us on Facebook and spreading the word. Yes, and if you what uh, would, would always helps for podcasts is if uh, you do listen to us on iTunes, is to leave us a uh, a rating there, whatever you feel appropriate. And leave us a review. We'd always love to hear about that. And just let us know what you want to hear. You know, if you want us to talk about something else, obviously Chinatown was what we kind of covered today. But you guys, at this, at this point, if you enjoyed the podcast, you know that we go all over the place. But this is, you know, our, our stepping off point was Chinatown and we went all over the place. But let us know what you want us to be the next stepping off point from here on out. That sounds good. And Billy Bob, call us. <laughs> Billy Bob. And uh, Bill Hader, we'd love to have you on the podcast. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, just just prepare me ahead of time if you're going to show up. All right. I'm, I'm really excited. All right. All right. Drink. <laughs> Talk. Drink. <laughs>